Welcome to the Swamp Flicks Podcast. My name is Brandon Lede. I'm Brittany Lombas. I'm Hannah Rassinen. And I'm James Cohn. And we are recording in James and Hannah's apartment. Once again, this is the podcast version of the movie review website, Swamp Flicks. And we're mostly talking about TV today, even though this is a movie <laughs> podcast. Yahoo! I tried to bridge our uh, interests, which is mostly TV. I think yeah. most of the time we're watching TV, this show makes us like... <laughs> Go more highbrow than our like default mode is, which but. is why we need it. Yeah, like, I, I, if I didn't have this, I would literally be in the bottom yeah. of a dumpster. Yeah. <laughs> this is my, my saving cultural grace. touchstone. Yeah, I tried to bridge the gap today. Did you? Yeah, <laughs> you did. Though. I tried to. Yeah, I tried it to. Was good one. Hit us where we're most comfortable, which means that most of the movies we're going to talk about are actually terrible. Uh, <laughs> I uh, should probably apologize for that up front. Has anybody watched anything good lately to sort of counterbalance the trash that we're consuming for this episode? I watched some good trash. If that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that trash. Yeah. <laughs> so I watched this movie called Punk Vacation from 1990. That sounds great. It's a horrible movie, but it's funny because of how like ridiculous the plot is, which I it makes it enjoyable, and I think all of us would really like it. But basically, it's about this small town and these like punks and of course it's 1990 so they all all have like sharp face makeup and mohawks and stuff like that and they all ride on motorcycles and they get into a scuffle with like a local diner owner he like i think calls the cops on them and they get pissed so they like find him and his young daughter and like terrorize them and end up killing him so then his other daughter finds out what the punks did and wants to like <laughs> get revenge on the punks and they like live in this like bizarre barn and they're kind of like in this like <laughs> punk cult led by this like female punk leader who disguises herself as like a redneck woman to like go and rescue one of the punks from a hospital that was injured during like the murder incident and then it just becomes like this full on like redneck versus like punk blowout where they like are like fighting against each other like a war within like the woods and it's so stupid, but it's super, super funny. And yeah, I liked it. I feel like it'd be something up everyone's alley. That sounds great. Yeah. Is that a trauma movie? It just sounds like trauma. It's not. It isn't. Um, but it, it was released on DVD from like Vinegar Syndrome, which mm. I know you've gotten a few things from them. So yeah. Yeah. They do like schlocky horror movies and like vintage is. pornography. It's like their two main Ooh. sellers. <laughs> <laughs> So um, I also watched this movie from 1990 called Deadly Manor. It's funny because it's M-A-N-O-R because it's a manor, like your deadly manor. <laughs> I like this one. <laughs> um, it's a you know a group of teens who are in a car and they stop by on their little like road trip by this like abandoned like mansion. And it's just super funny because like they're like, why is there a burnt up car with a bunch of blood on the seat? Huh, weird. And they go into like the big mansion and they find like coffins that are empty. And they're like, huh, that's strange. And they find like a bunch of scalps, like human scalps. And they're like, something's weird about this place. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, no, no one's here. We're good to stay the night inside. We're fine. <laughs> and of course, like someone starts picking them off one by one. And throughout this entire manner, there are pictures of this like really hot woman, like strewn all over the wall, like a shrine. Like there's paintings of her. There's photos of her. She's naked in some. She's not naked in others. <laughs> and it's just super bizarre. God. And I kind of want to say the ending because the ending was my favorite part. 
but I have a guess just based on those kinds of movies. Tell me. Uh, they think that she's a ghost, but she's actually living in the walls. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Okay. <laughs> There's like a whole genre of like right. that exact plot, and you can never like group those movies together. I wasn't expecting it. I thought it was just like some serial killer that was obsessed with this woman. But what happened was this woman was kind of like a socialite, her and her husband, and this punk rock motorcycle gang runs them off the road (laughs) and their car catches on fire and her face is burned and she's ugly so they kind of like try to get revenge by like killing other teenagers that pop up in their mansion (laughs) (laughs) and there's like um she walks around with this like it's not like a jason mask not like a hockey mask but it's just this like plain white mask and she has this big like curly red hair and she wears like these like emerald gowns Mm. and she's just walking around like creeping on everybody and then when her mask flies off she's just like all burnt up and then her husband helps her which is awesome i know we just talked about a bunch of like lesbian vampire movies but i feel like in general there's not a lot of female killers like that that like Mm. stalk teens like pick them off one at a time yeah so that sounds awesome yeah not enough i i love it women (laughs) yeah monstrous women yes god or monstrous deformed women in film well the ending is really cool because the cops end up catching her. <laughs> and as she's like going into the cop car, like, of course, your final girl's like in the cop car. And she's like, oh, my God, like, I can't believe I survived. And then like right when you think it's over, like she bangs in the window with her burnt face and she's like, <laughs> and they're like, get back in the car. And they put her back in. Um, but it was very funny. So, yeah, Punk Vacation and Deadly Manor, some um, 1990 movies that were both super fun to watch. Nice. So, cool. yeah. Are they both on Tubi? Just yes, they're all. <laughs> 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 they're both like Tubi recommended watches. for me back to back, and I'm like, I feel like Tubi knows me more than like my family at mm. this point. <laughs> I just watched one about killer worms on Tubi last night, and I was just looking at like the video quality on there is amazing, <laughs> and they have everything. Yeah, it really is beautiful. I know. I'm like thinking of like getting rid of some other streaming service to dedicate more time to Cube. QB? No, QB is long dead. <laughs> Apologies. Oh. So, Hana, what have you been watching? So, first of all, I want to say that I'm trying to get into the Desperate Housewives franchise. Wait, Wait no, sorry, not Desperate Housewives, the real Housewives. I'm going to pass out. <laughs> I, I started watching... <laughs> I just started watching an episode yesterday. I don't know which franchise. I'll have to talk to oh, you about it. Oh, God. If you tell me like what anyone said, I could probably help yeah. you. Someone else, another friend I have recommended, New York and Potomac. I will say if you are ready to start and you want something that's <laughs> not as old Potomac, like these women are insane and amazing and I'm obsessed with all of them. But New York is the bomb. It's just you've got like 12 or 13 seasons. Okay. All right. So I just I just wanted to let you know that I'm working on it. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh. Um, so then I had two movies. One of them we actually watched about three weeks ago, but I think we forgot to talk about it. And then another one that we watched in the last two weeks. They're both... 2021 releases technically one of them i hated and one of them i um, immensely enjoyed so first is new order by Uh, michelle franco michael franco he's a i think he's a mexican director so james's mom and stepdad came over um to spend some time with us we were gonna go see zola and then um, they found out what Zola was about. Like, okay, maybe, maybe not. So we were looking Let's to pick find something else. Yeah, something with less penises. <laughs> so we were looking for another movie <laughs> t- 
to watch together and New Order came up. And we're like, oh, yeah, we'll watch this. Let's see what this is about. And we had like, I think James and I both kind of heard of it. It's like a people have called it like the Mexican parasite. It's about a like overthrowing of the ruling class in Mexico. And it was just like the bleakest like most mean-spirited shit I've ever seen. It was like so degrading and like violent and not really a meaningful way, unfortunately. And it's been like it's gotten a lot of attention over the last month for it's being like very, very controversial. Yeah. Yeah, and some people are saying like this is, you know, this great political entry from Mexico and other people saying like this is garbage one so i think parasite plays it pretty evenly it's um you know critical of and sympathetic to pretty much everybody and in this film like it's kind of told from the perspective of the wealthy um they're yeah they're like the only really sympathetic characters there are some like working class um servants that side with the wealthy uh, family, um, but all of the revolutionaries are like dark-skinned, impoverished people, mm. and it's it feels like really gross. And you know, obviously, I am not Mexican, but a lot of critics in Mexico has kind of said that it feels like racially divided, basically. Um, mm. Yeah, so I don't know if any of you have heard of it, James. I know you watched it. Yeah, I mean, I hated it. I, mean, <laughs> I it was disappointing because I liked the beginning of it. It yeah. starts off like this really fancy wedding, but you could tell there's like stuff going on just outside of the mm-hmm. gates of the house, and there's like this tension between the workers and like I thought that setup was really good, but man, once the actual revolution starts and the violence kicks in, it is like Hannah said. It's so bleak and disgusting, and it verges on torture porn mm-hmm. at some parts, mm-hmm. and just very hard to watch, and especially hard to watch with your mom and your <laughs> right. stepdad. Right, <laughs> and that was the, it's like we didn't go see Zola, and then we watched this movie that was a thousand times worse, and like everybody was unhappy. <laughs> oh. Yeah, everyone's just like, oh, oh god. my just... god, like someone is raped with a cattle prod it's like that kind of movie i heard the director's earlier film which was also divisive like Mm -hmm. it's like these people kidnap siblings and then make them have sex on camera as like a torture oh like his whole deal just sounds like it revels in those details right it's weird like it basically portrays poor people as savages and the military and the politicians like as evil violent yeah, opportunistic opportunistic and like yeah the protagonists are like the wealthy it just felt like kind of weird and like i didn't know what the political did, statement really was how did they kind of make the i guess the wealthy seem as protagonists like it's not our fault that we're wealthy and you i know. mean they're just like everyone else involved is just like a bloodthirsty yeah, killer uh, evil they're not okay. people they're right like archetypes the only people yeah. that verge on being people are the wealthy yeah yeah i mean the wealthy people at the party are kind of like portrayed as out of touch and you know insulated and and maybe there's a man that is asking 
them for money. He was formerly employed with them, and his wife is sick, so he comes to them and asks for money, and they kind of blow him off and give him a little bit. So it's like, it's not that they're fantastic people, but then the protagonist is the daughter of this wealthy family that's going to get married, and she um, leaves the party because she wants to find this man and give him money, and then, um, yeah, and then she's tortured in prison. Um, Anyway, yeah, it was... uh, feel bad it was a feel bad movie (laughs) but then uh we went to see m night Shyamalan's newest movie old which was so fun and it's about a family of four that go to this like resort that they've found out about online um and there's this secluded beach that they're given like private access to they go there and then they notice there are a few other exclusive guests that get to go to this beach and then they notice that this woman washes on shore and she's dead and then people start aging really quickly the children that they have start aging really quickly and then they realize there's like something in the the rocks that's making them age and they can't leave like they try to go back through the caverns and they get knocked unconscious and it's just like so goofy there's a Gael Garcia Bernal plays the husband of the family and he's like an actuary so he's constantly like rattling off probability of like risk it's (laughs) (laughs) he's like there's a 99.9 percent chance that there's no escape so there must be a chance to get off of this beach you know and he's like talking about the risk of um dying if you like 30% of household deaths are due to running into furniture or whatever. It's just like so ridiculous. That sounds like the shape of water where there's like so many characters, but they all have just like one personality trait. Yeah, exactly. It's like Like, filtered through their occupation. Right. This is your, your role. And this is right. There's like a child. There's a psychiatrist who's just like, let's all talk about what everybody, how everybody's feeling. (laughs) Yeah. It was just like, but it, it was also, very touching actually like there was a scene at the end the central arc focusing on the main couple is like really sweet and kind of touching and it made me cry at the end and then it's like there's some moments where the dialogue is just so ridiculous like people saying things that they have no business knowing for for the purpose of exposition and it was just, uh, it just hit me in every single part of <laughs> me that like processes movies. It was, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I hate to say it, but M. Night Shyamalan cannot write dialogue, but it kind of works. <laughs> like, I am totally down for M. Night Shyamalan making one of these a year. Right. It's just like total goofy popcorn. Everything since the visit has been impeccable. It's, right. Yeah, it's enjoyable. It's not like going to win any awards, but like it's a really good time at the theater. Yeah. Like, There's a rapper on the beach and his name is Midsize Sedan. <laughs> what? Yeah. Wow. That's so weird. Yeah, it treads this line between like being horrifying and like really goofy and yeah. silly. All his movies kind of have like, that. Yeah. And then yeah, like over, really over explaining stuff. Right. Mm. Oh, it's so, so great. Yeah, it's all over the place. I love that it's managed to become a meme in the past few weeks, too. Like, I've not gotten over the meme format of, like, the beach that makes you old. It's like a punchline um, that's been constantly repeated and, like, warped over the past well, few weeks. Well, you have a character at one point that even says, like, I think the beach is messing with time. <laughs> like, Perfect. Yeah. yeah. And then they, you know, oh, my God. At the end, when they have to actually explain what all this shit is. <laughs> 
means so and why it's happening. It goes completely off oh, the so rails. Oh, so we get explanation. Yeah. We do. And so this movie is adapted from a graphic novel. Oh. And the yeah, and the graphic novel is very much like not about explaining anything. They all die. Yes. And it's not like like the resort is totally an M. Night Shyamalan edition, but the graphic novel is like more about the philosophical challenges of mm. aging, you know, in a microcosm. And then, of course, M. Night Shyamalan has to have this like grand, like silly Twisty. explanation, which <laughs> it's is not even just really like... <laughs> a twist. Yeah. I mean, it, like, it's just kind of unnecessary. And I want to say what it is so badly, but nah, I won't. I'll I will it. not, but it is hilarious. It, yeah. What I'm curious about, now that I'm one of those specifics, is obviously people get off. I know that. Do they, Brittany? Do they? Do I mean, they have that? to. But I'm like, when you leave, like, I'm like, do you, do you age back to where you oh, were? Oh, you can't answer that question. And then, like, <laughs> if, if it's, like, the rocks and stuff, like, why don't they just build a raft and go out into the ocean and they, then, like, they get do young actually, again? Brittany, everything you're wondering, they do actually yeah. explain. Okay, as long as they, like, explain Unnecessarily, it. in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. But. Sometimes, like, I think that's why I like M. Night Shyamalan movies is the shitty explanations. Because, right, he's like, like, we have to like, explain. Okay, that's what would happen if that right. would happen. I feel better about going to bed now. But yeah. his explanations <laughs> never make things feel more normal or like right oh it's- now it's a regular movie that makes sense like it's always like maximalist even in the like stuff that right. should normalize it yeah totally <laughs> and that's a, this is a good example of yeah that. the reveal is just like the, this is an insane <laughs> fit, like oh, no I'm jazzed. It's but, great. Yeah, it's great. but i will say like that middle section where they're just on the beach aging is pretty wild yeah and the makeup is super cool oh, like body horror stuff yeah and like there's a thing with a baby that was pretty shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, so that in the preview. Different, like, a- the actors that they choose to play the younger people grown up. It was all really, really well done. Have y'all not seen this meme format going No, on? I haven't. I don't know what you're talking about. It's like, uh, I, I, I took anything. Benjamin Button to the beach that makes you old just to see what would happen. Or like... Uh, it's just, I don't know. Yeah. Just like everything with the punchline. Man, what would happen? I remember seeing like a Housewives related one now that you okay. say it. Because there's a couple <laughs> of them that are just like Countess Luann de Lesseps from New York, whom I met mm-hmm. um, <laughs> at her cabaret Oh my gosh. Um, they're like, oh, she's aging backwards. And they, they had like a, a meme okay. of, of the beach. With I'm on it. Twitter too much, is what I'm hearing. Okay. <laughs> I'm on Twitter response. Yeah. So, James. What have you been watching? So I actually went to the theater today. What? I wow. recently, the other day, got the AMC A-List membership. I used to have th- that. That they restarted <laughs> where you can see three movies a week for $20 a month. Mm. It's awesome. And you get like bonus points. Uh, yeah. So like you get free tickets through that too. And you can like upgrade to the Dolby Digital, like the big auditorium Oh, oh my thing. gosh. Yeah, we saw old in the mm-hmm. Dolby Digital, and today I went and saw Jungle Cruise. Ooh, um, cool! And I can like if it's like a big budget, loud. I have to see it in Dolby Digital now. <laughs> like these super comfortable seats, the sound system. And doesn't so, it shake a little bit? Yeah, you're like yeah. seat shakes. There's the recliner. Um, Sweet, it's awesome. And yeah, with this like a list thing, not to like shamelessly plug it, but it's pretty no, awesome. That's that you can just <laughs> I didn't know that. it was that much. That's like how MoviePass kind of was, right? Yeah. It was three a week. 
right? I think it was unlimited. It was unlimited at yeah, first. It was unlimited. And then they were like, and this is unsustainable. <laughs> yeah, I was living my best life, though. I was like going every right. night in my pajamas. Like, oh, what can I see now? Yeah, for those like first couple months before it. Yeah. When I, whenever I had a list, I never ran out of movies. Like, okay, I, like three a week was like plenty. I never yeah went okay. more often. Yeah, and and Elmwood like, is fucking crazy because they have like twenty screens and they can play like all kinds of like no and they, esoteric art films. Like I saw and, like Pig there before yeah. it even came out at Broad, and they get like weird. And art you house could use it with, with any I film see? there. Like it's mm-hmm. not because I like when they do like the Metropolitan Opera stuff. Uh, yeah, the Fathom events are excluded. Oh. No Fathom. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Okay. <sighs> Well, anyway, oh, well. so I went today and saw Jungle Cruise, and you know, it's one of those things. Like, okay, I got to see three movies a week. Let me go see this. Like, I had very low expectations uh-huh. going into it, and at first, like, I'm like, oh, this is silly. And then, as soon as like Emily Blunt and The Rock are in a scene together, from that point forward, I just had like a smile on my face. Yeah, the whole movie. Ooh. It's so. It's it just cool. like the perfect summer. <laughs> frivolous like you know i'm not gonna be thinking about this movie for years on end but for like uh-huh. a way to like spend an afternoon in the summer like it was really fun we've liked that that director's movies before Hame colette sarah mm-hmm. uh, he did like non-stop taking on a plane yeah or or taking on a train i can't remember I which one he did non-stop was on a train <laughs> he did one of those two and he did um orphan and House of Wax. Oh, uh-huh. cool. We watched a few of his movies, and they were like all pretty great. Yeah, I mean, like the leads are just so likable. I mean, that's really yeah. what it is. And then there's supporting characters around, like Paul Giamatti's in it, and he overacts uh. to a crazy degree. Like everyone's just having fun, and like the basically the Rock is like telling these like terrible dad jokes, these like horrible puns the whole time. That's the character and, he's gonna become. Like, and yeah. Emily that's his typecast <laughs> is like. Just kind of being this like sarcastic, hard to deal with person and their uh-huh. chemistry together is super likable. And yeah, and the, you know, they're just on this like adventure. And is the Jungle Cruise a Disney ride? It is based on a Disney so this ride. This is another Disney ride movie. But what's funny is we did an episode on Yeah, those we watched too. like Tomorrowland and all the other crap. Pirates right? of the Caribbean, the Haunted Mansion. Yeah. Yeah. So this is another Disney ride. But they movie. play into that where The Rock is like giving cruises to like tourists. And talking about the dangers of the jungle, but it's all like rigged, like it would be in a ride. Yeah, like he like pays Ooh. the like savages like come out and scare the people, and but he's totally in on it. Do they have like that Tiki Room song? I think the or is the Tiki Room not part of the Jungle Cruise? I don't know. I've been to Disney like one Dude, time. <laughs> well, you know what song is in the movie? Yeah, please. Is nothing else matters by Metallica? Whoa, which is insane, and it like totally works. <laughs> And I was that watching is such a The Rock song. Yeah, and they start to play that like acoustic <laughs> intro. I'm like, is this? They're playing Metallica during this like pivotal exposition. I kind of think of the director as like a horror guy generally. Like, is there some like horror moments in it? Yeah, I mean, there's these like three cursed like creatures that have snakes coming out of their body and uh-huh. their oh, tree right. branches, and but it's never like scary. I mean, uh-huh. most of the audience was like people with their kids. And if I'm being honest, like the CGI is pretty bad, oh. um, but whatever. It's it's fun. Cool. Yeah, check it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a good good summer movie. Another movie I watched from this year was uh, A Killing of Two Lovers, which has gotten a lot of a lot of praise. Um, and it, it kind of it kind of has like one of the coolest first scenes of a 
thriller I've seen in like a very long time where literally the movie just starts with a man in his wife's bedroom and it's like his wife and her new lover and he just has a gun and he's like on the verge of shooting them in their bed while they're sleeping and then someone comes out the bathroom and startles him and he jumps out the window and like that's how it starts but then the rest of the movie is this really kind of like tender parts of it are very like real and hard to watch about this man who him and his wife are going through a separation so he moves like right down the street to his dad's house and the wife has like kept the kids but you know he lives right down the street so he's trying to like repair their relationship and he finds out that she has like a new boyfriend it's very tense a lot of like beautiful long like one takes and the scenery is beautiful. It's shot in like Utah. Mm. And what I thought was going to be this like Coen brothers, like really like kind of violent thriller ends up being this really tender story about just like a couple trying to rekindle their relationship. And then it does end like you always get the sense of this impending doom just from the title. Yeah. <laughs> and then the title tells like killing of two lovers. The first scene, like, okay, he has a gun, right? Someone has to die. And so the whole movie, like, even if there's this really great scene where he takes his kids to the park to shoot fireworks, and it's just shot in, like, a single take, this, like, five-minute scene, and just him, like, loading the fireworks for the kids, and it won't light, and he goes and, like, you know, kids, like, standing over it, and you just get this, like, Mm -hmm. tense, like, oh, my God, something awful is going to happen. And there's, like, scenes like that throughout the whole movie. It's like, oh, my God, something bad is going mm-hmm. to happen and that carries through until the end where something does eventually happen mm-hmm. but maybe not quite what you think yeah so i really loved it yeah it, uh, it really took me by surprise it has this really cool like aspect ratio and the cinematography was beautiful and i thought it was really one of the best things i've seen i know yeah. hana watched it with me yeah. so yeah it has the i think i'm not sure what it is exactly but i think it's like four three it's kind of like, like a, cro- a box yeah yeah and, but but not a it's not a square it's like slightly but yeah. but it still feels a little claustrophobic and it's one of those movies that like you can tell that the director composed each scene perfectly and the transition of movement within one scene is like just gorgeous compositionally it's like a lot of attention paid and it's like rural utah so it's this like bleak beautiful film and i think the depiction of the main characters like rage and confusion he's trying to put on a good face for his wife and his kids and like his daughter gets really angry that the um, mom is sleeping with this other guy and he's like, no, we agreed to this. Your mom's not a bad person. Um, It's complicated, but he's like so angry and he doesn't really have any healthy way of expressing it. And just, it's just like unbearable to watch, but it's, it is like very tender and very touching. And I feel like it's very true to those kinds of, situations where like two people are trying to figure it out and they're making a lot of mistakes and like overstepping their boundaries to each other and like really 
struggling in this small town where everybody knows you and everybody knows your business. Yeah, I mean, it, it does remind me a lot of like a marriage story, but mm-hmm. it's kind of like if the Coen brothers kind of did a marriage story. Yeah, and it, it just feels 100% authentic and real. So yeah, I, I would definitely recommend people check that one out. I usually think of the Coen brothers as having a sense of humor, though. This doesn't sound very funny to me. <laughs> like no, no, no. It's, no. Are. But, it, but it, it does have funny moment like it just feels very human yeah like Mm -hmm. and his relationship with his kids like there's a really funny part for instance where him and his wife have date night but she doesn't really want to go on a date with him so they just drive around in the car they like make the block and they're just sitting out in front of the house and the new boyfriend shows up with flowers and the daughter who doesn't like him is like "Ah, get out of here i'll give these to my mom and then the two younger brothers come out and they like throw the flowers on the ground they like bury it yeah, they're like they're bury the evidence out. bury the evidence and they're like watching their kids do it and they're like having a laugh like yeah we did pretty good raising those two yeah so like there's really like tender uh-huh. funny stuff in there so yeah i definitely recommend it um Sounds cool what about you brandon i watched two new releases from this year directed by women this weekend mm. one was fine it was like nice <laughs> i watched uh street gang uh, the Sesame Street documentary that came out this mm. year. Oh, oh. I got it on DVD from the library. It's definitely in that vein of like the Mr. Rogers documentary from a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Or um, there was one on Carol Spinney who plays Oscar the Grouch and Big Bird called I Am Big Bird from a few years ago. That's in that same genre of like feel good um, vintage television nostalgia that like also really hits you in your like emotions. You just, yeah. you're like, why have I been crying for the past like 70 <laughs> minutes? Um, this one, I was, didn't have the same emotional connection to as those two. Cause they're not about one person. Like oh. it's about all of Sesame street and like the backstory of like the board meetings that like pitched it and like mm. all the child psychology sessions, <laughs> like Ooh, designing cool. the show. It's super informative. Like, yeah. And the show really was like groundbreaking for its time. Like, Basically, what they did was they were noticed children were watching like 60 hours of television a week. And the things that they were retaining were commercial jingles. Like kids could sing you entire beer commercials. Right. Uh, just from watching so much TV. And they were like, well, what if we pitched education at them in the form of jingles? And then, you know, through that like public service, they, you know, end up roping in Jim Henson and Frank Oz mm-hmm. and all these other like hippie weirdos. And, like, basically lefty activists uh, who, <laughs> so like, cool. did this whole other thing, like, just beneath the service of kids learning the alphabet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was cool to see, like, all that political stuff in there. Yeah, I just, you know, I, it's funny, like, after the the Carol Spinney and Fred Rogers docs, you're kind of like, I expect to cry a right. lot. And, I, you know, <laughs> there were a few parts of this um, that, you know, made me emotional, but not really in the same way. It's just like a informative like behind the scenes documentary on this like really great television show yeah. is it behind the scenes about just the creation or do they kind of go into like sesame street today and how that's being formed it's only the early years it's okay. like through the early 80s i think mm-hmm. so like from the late 60s to early 80s okay. like how this all came together and the different personalities that filter through and like what their ideals were uh i'd say the only like arc to it really is like watching all these young excited artists become workaholics like they're like Got all these like 
really pointed political ideas and like artistic sentiments. And by the end, they just like can't stop working. Like <laughs> watching how much work Jim Henson put into the show and then still thinking like he was also doing Muppet stuff at the same time. And he had multiple feature films. Mm-hmm. Like it's not shocking that he died young. Like I, I, I hate to be morbid about it, but like the guy worked himself to death <laughs> yeah. watching this. And you know, there is a sadness to that, but um, for the most part, it's just like, a great document of a really cool show. It's like thorough. And I think it's based off of this book that came out a few years ago. Um, and apparently the book is like a really great read. Mm, cool. So street cool. gang, the one I'm a lot more excited about. And I know every time I come here recently, I've been like, this is my favorite movie I've seen all year. <laughs> but uh, there was one I watched on Hoopla last night. So that's free through the library as well. It's 84 minutes. So won't waste a lot of your time if you don't like it. Uh, it's called I blame society. Have y'all heard about this one? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It is a dark comedy about a filmmaker who's playing herself in the movie. And what she did was she took this short documentary she made a few years ago where one of her friends complimented her and said, you're a really good filmmaker. And I think you would also make a great serial killer. Cause like all the like different um, techniques that it takes for you to make movies. I think you could pull off the perfect murder <laughs> with these skills and um, she made this like short documentary about this, you know, compliment that she got one time and then hasn't had much to do. In, like she can't get funding for like all the movies she's been like wanting to make in the mm-hmm. years since. Mm-hmm. So what she did was she turned that into a feature. So like there's some footage from that. But for the most part, it's like her on camera playing herself as a filmmaker who can't get funding from like all these like Duplass brothers type, like kind of bro indie guys who mm-hmm. like say in board meetings like oh what we want is like a strong female character and like we want like women right. behind the camera but really they just want her director's name on stuff that they write yeah uh, she mm-hmm. has like no creative input so she decides like oh i'm gonna pick up this old project about how i would make a great serial killer and i'm just gonna do it for real and she starts filming herself like committing murders wow. <laughs> and, like she'll go location scouting for like the next scene in the movie but that means she's breaking into someone's apartment and like planning how she's gonna kill them <laughs> uh and it is a super black comedy like parts of it are so creepy parts of it are like laugh out loud funny and the whole thing is shot on like gopros and iphones and like facetime and like you love that love mm-hmm. that shit so much and it's just this really great, like, no-budget DIY movie from someone who's frustrated that they can't get their stuff out in the world. Mm-hmm. And yeah. as she's been frustrated, her anger is built up to the point where she just makes this movie about how she fucking hates humanity <laughs> um, and, like, how <laughs> she could so easily great. kill anyone she wants to. <laughs> uh, it's so great. Um, it reminded me a lot of Spree. I don't know. Did you watch Spree last yeah, year? Yeah, I did. You know that, like, kind of... He's still doing his, like, YouTuber, yeah. like, nice... Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah. yeah, she's doing that the whole time. Oh, wow. She's like explaining how she's gonna get rid of the organs and like, uh, you know, how the poison will be untraceable. But she <laughs> is still doing that like influencer, like direct to the camera, yeah. uh, thing, and it's so funny and creepy. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> this sounds so wild. Like yeah. I can't think of anything. I mean, there are things like it a little, but nothing truly like that i heard about it um she was interviewed on switchblade sisters earlier this year Oh, i love them and unfortunately it was one of the last episodes of the show they, they had to, like call it quits oh i didn't know that i've been like yeah. backlog like, going through their backlog it's a bummer every now and then but uh she paired it with to die for that nicole kidman movie that we talked about on the show oh, before. Yeah. where she plays the serial killer yeah well, or not serial killer but the, the woman who influenced those two boys yeah to- and it's the same kind of like 
smiling Murderer. you know i'm gonna do anything i need to succeed yeah but right. i will not drop this like facade right. of being a really put together person yeah, very ambitious mm. yeah yeah beautiful woman this character's a lot more relatable though like to yeah. me is like i don't know a millennial <laughs> uh yeah I, I highly recommend this it's a fun watch it's really short i can't guarantee that everyone's gonna love it the way i do but um mm-hmm. it's it's so fun no that sounds very cool mm-hmm. well like i said earlier like I usually ask around, like, what's everybody been watching lately? And off mic a lot, what we talk about is all the reality TV we're watching. This has already come up earlier, but Brittany, you're a Desperate Housewives. I'm sorry. A Real Housewives. Real Housewives. Also love fanatic. Desperate. Yeah. Like yeah. Those titles are, like, hard to get right. straight It is me. hard. Yeah. yeah. Desperate Housewives is the Mike Cherry TV show with Felicity right. Huffman. Evil Longoria. Evil Longoria, which is so... It's amazing. But, yeah, Real Housewives... I'm like totally obsessed with every single franchise and I love it so much. And like people kind of like always downplay like, Oh, it's reality trash. I'm like it's trash. But at the same time, like it has these great, like you watch these women just like totally like break down to like, you're like, how could they come back from this? And they just like build these empires. And it's awesome seeing that with all the trashiness in between. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and James and Hada, I get the sense that y'all watch a lot of like romantic competition shows. Yeah. I like, um, Moment I watched recently was Love at First Sight. Yeah, that's one. Love love is blind. Married at first sight. Married at first sight. Oh, we watched one recently. It was the what was it? Sexy beasts. I watched a couple episodes Uh, of that just for the curiosity. Yeah, I just saw that Devil Lady. um, First one. Yeah, I I mean their costumes were great. Yeah, but Married at First Sight is pretty cool. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, and they have a New Orleans season of Married Mm -hmm. at First Sight, which is great. Seven Year Switch. Yeah. I, I think the thing I love about those shows is that they're usually like posited as either th- like some form of therapy for people or like a psychological experiment. It's always has. Mm-hmm. And they're like couples therapists that are talking to it's It has this like illusion of a thing that is not just. We're not exploiting. These right. People. Exactly. We're yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Can you fall in love? Like that one. What was that one where they have to like live with their ex? Oh. For a week. Oh like, yeah, to see if it like yeah. What? It, it's like, like old flame or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's so many different like gimmicky sort of dating shows. What's like your that, like but... reality TV niche, Brandon? Like the core of it is like fashion competition yeah, shows. Like, totally. I've watched so much Project Runway over the past year. It is like unhealthy. <laughs> uh, and you know RuPaul's Drag Race. Right. Um, the makeup one. Uh, there's. Next in Fashion was a good one on Netflix. Uh, there's the new Tim Gunn one, which is the Project Runway spinoff called Making the Cut. Mm-hmm. Just tons and tons of like... Like those competition shows. I love Art- when there's like an artistic ones. project at yeah. the end. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's the same bullshit. Like you really get wrapped up in the drama of like mm-hmm. real people in completely fake scenarios under the pressure of a lack of sleep, usually an overabundance of alcohol. Right. Ooh, and yeah. like very performative personalities clashing in like a tight environment and you know all those fashion competition shows like at the end it could be like ooh, they made a pretty dress mm-hmm. but like the lead up and the drama and the tension is pretty much the same right. as anything else like all oh, these two twins they're pissing everybody off oh god, oh, god twins. the twins <laughs> i always yeah every time i think of like drama on project runway it's the it's just the fucking twins yeah <laughs> they were horrible <laughs> gotta say they just added the two christian seriano seasons to <gasps> Peacock for free. You're kidding. Nice. I have the seven day trial right now. Oh, so they're fun. I've been, they were more entertaining than I thought it would be. Oh, no, I have the seven day trial at Paramount. Peacock is just fucking free. It's free right? with ads. Yeah. With ads. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. 
So I thought it might be interesting if we're going to like watch so much reality TV to like look back at this time that I remembered when they tried to make reality TV into like the movies. Like they tried to like translate that to the big screen. Um, and for the most part, it was such a colossal failure, but uh, mm-hmm. I think an interesting failure. So mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about four movies that like tried to become reality TV for the multiplex uh, in the early 2000s for the most part. I think they were all kind of hitting it from different angles yeah. too yeah. so yeah. it'll be interesting yeah. to like talk only about one kind of was successful oh yeah and one still has sequels that are yeah. coming out this right. year yeah yeah so yeah plenty to get into it's all trash uh it's <laughs> just a warning up front in case you're expecting something high uh, all that's coming up to you right, right now. now this spring the producers of the real world bring you the ultimate experiment in reality filmmaking in Cancun, I'll sleep with anybody that smiles at me. Girls go on spring break to find guys like me. Why do we need guys? We might as well just go and be girlfriends. <laughs> Dude, did you hit that? I can't drink anyone. 16 college students, one week in Cancun. The cameras weren't the only things rolling. I'm sorry, my dad. This never happened. The real Cancun. Anything can happen during spring break. And it did. Only in theaters. So the format's a little different this time because I picked such a like niche topic that we didn't all pick a movie. I just like <laughs> found four movies that are available that were like reality TV movies because this was such a failure that they just did not take off. And most of that failure is hinged on the really big ploy to make this happen, which was The Real Cancun from 2003, <laughs> which is a movie I've been fascinated by for a long time because when it came out, I was a very snooty high school kid and i was like reality movies those are just called documentaries what is this trash you know like this is very low brow and i'm like above this um but in the decades since my trash appreciation has only grown exponentially <laughs> and i've just been like i wonder if that movie's interesting <laughs> like over time i've gotten to the point where it's like one of my most like anticipated like things i missed yeah it's like well, the real cancun well it's weird for me too because like i and I'm sure you did too. Like I grew up watching real world, like it, from its first iteration with that first New York season, I was like really into it. And I think by the time this came out, I would have been a senior in high school. So yeah, I was kind of like Brandon where I was like getting out mm-hmm. of like, Oh no, like this is garbage. Um, so yeah, I was interested to like go back and watch. Cause I definitely remember going to the theaters and seeing that poster of like the hot chick with the green bikini and right the bikini i was like oh yeah. yeah all right maybe that is something i want to see and i just never have so i never was a real worlder nothing about it interested me like i, I was never comfortable with like the whole anything spring break well th- this is like but kind of and, the but i remember point, this i feel like because the first few seasons of real world were people like really talking about politics or social issues and oh you know like it was actually like a really interesting show and then it just watch it now no, then it just became like let's feed them a bunch of alcohol and watch them have sex and okay. have drama and that's basically what the real cancun yeah felt like it's that version of the real world style okay and i think you know i think of real world as like the start of modern reality television like oh yeah if you look up reality tv and like Shows like Candid Camera get mixed in there, which is like started in the 40s. Um, so like that's not like a new concept, but it is kind of the same thing where it's like a yeah. super fake scenario and you're like seeing what people's real reactions are to yeah. it. This one, I think the real world was the first time you had like just a horde of people 
stuck in like one place. And they're not really doing anything. Like yeah. on a lot of these shows, they're like lounging, eating yeah. sandwiches, like just kind of being <laughs> well, around. They, yeah. they kind of learned their lesson in later seasons of Real World where they would actually give them like jobs. But then that wasn't oh. really interesting. Like they had to work a nine to five. <laughs> like nobody really, life? <laughs> yeah, but like nobody yeah. really wants to see that either. This movie was originally titled Spring Break, the reality movie. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. But it was produced by the same production team who did the real world TV series. Basically, they shot, I think, in um, 10 days in this like resort in Cancun for spring break. And then they reused that same set for real world Cancun, whatever season that oh. was. So it is basically just a very condensed version of the real world. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the most interesting thing about this movie to me, just based on all the different formats we've seen, is that it just is a reality TV show condensed. Right. They shot it in 10 days. Five weeks later, it was in the theater. And it has the same arc as a reality TV show that would usually play out over the course of like 10 to 15 hours. Mm-hmm. You get it all in like 90 minutes. Yeah. There's a very quick roll call like a casting call where like these people kind of introduce themselves to the camera trying to get cast. Next thing they're all meeting in this resort where they're just being funneled alcohol directly into their bodies from the (laughs) producers. Like a producer shows up and he's like, we're going to take you to a party every single night and you're going to get drunk on camera and have fun. Yeah. And And they're like, woo. Yeah. They just scream. (laughs) Except for the one guy that says he doesn't drink alcohol. He's the only one who has like a character arc over the course of the movie. Poor Alan, a, tr- yeah. a tragic Alan. figure. Yeah, and, yeah. All, yeah, and, <laughs> and I no still one, didn't give a shit. Oh, he's horrible. <laughs> and no one supports him either. They're like, I'm getting that guy drunk. Yeah. You're going to drink. Like, I've never right. really seen that yeah. kind of peer pressure right. before. Like, Jesus Christ. Everybody's chanting at him like, Alan, Alan, Alan. The whole, like, cast of this is, like, basically, like, all your high school bullies in, like, one spot, right? They have such an ease with, like, <laughs> social interactions and, like, confidence in a way that I've never experienced in my entire life. So to watch them surround this like I, sober nerd and like right. yeah, bully no, him into drinking, gross. it's so gross. And yeah. like that, that was my main issue with the like, I actually would totally be down with this format, like a condensed season of the real world. But like so many seasons of the real world had memorable people. That's what makes the show. And these are the blandest people you could possibly find like, yeah yeah i will say about this real world cancun like i liked no character yeah and i not that i just didn't like them i like truly hated every character or and even I'm like, like more like bored by like bored and yeah. just there's like, no pissed, yeah. they all villain. pissed me off i either like bored me actively yeah. did not like the people or i had no opinion of them at all like i forgot that they were a part of the show. And that's like its biggest failing. Like, yeah. I feel like if you could have gotten a really good group of people and had some real drama, like there's not any real drama in the here. The drama either. was just like stupid, like college bullshit drama that happens in a weekend. It was just weird. It was like, who cares who's sleeping with who? Because right. they are all sleeping with everyone and like no one cares. But, there, but I why also, would I, care? I think that part of the problem is that this is like a 90 minute, movie like yeah in the real world know people right exactly it's like there's like this drama at the very end because it's like these two people have been talking but they haven't hooked up because the girl has a boyfriend and then he hooks up with somebody and she's really upset and it's (laughs) like i 
Like I've only seen you talk to him three times. Like this doesn't yeah. mean anything. That's a to good me. point. Because like, yeah. why? Well, who gives a shit? Like, why is it such a big deal? Like, just right. go home. I don't. I just wish they would have like cast someone. And and I guess like maybe it wasn't appealing to cast someone that was different than just like your like jockey, juiced up white dudes or like tramp stamp chicks who like all make out with each other to do like queer baiting. You know, like, could there have been, like, someone who was just, like, not in that realm? They do have the two friends that are, like, in love with each other and won't yeah. follow through on right. that. I didn't even But like they're not that it. interesting. They're not. Right. It's like no. they needed something cool. I mean, they needed a, I don't know, they needed a gay person in there so yeah. bad that, or just something well, different. Well, that's what I don't get, like. Everyone felt the same. Like, and I didn't MTV like that. And no previous, diversity. Previous seasons of The Real World before this, like, found those characters. Yeah. And casting, like. Why did they choose the yeah. most uninteresting group of people you for could such find? a short? Yeah, like they, it's like y'all don't have a full season. Y'all have like an hour and a half to do it. You yeah, know, why didn't y'all pick people that were better than these people? Like in like real world San Francisco, it's like let's take this gay man that has AIDS and put him in a house with like a punk who doesn't give a fuck about anything and who's like kind of yeah. a conservative douchebag. And let's see, like you know, let's take these people from desperate groups and put them in a house get them drunk I and see what happens like but they, they don't rely too much on the guy that didn't drink and i think they were yeah. like oh what if we put a dude who like doesn't drink in a house full of that's drunk like people? yeah the yeah. And, it, most and it wasn't cool had, like at all yeah, yeah. And, or funny or interesting but and actually, i think that's what made it suck the one, one of the relationship things. that i th- thought was interesting was alan's relationship with there are two black guys one of them is like super smooth he's got like he's cooking stuff up with people and then there's his friend is like <laughs> kind of like his up. hype man and they have they like he and alan formed this kind of friendship that he's i like think asking is- them for advice on how to talk to girls right yeah and he's cute. like yeah. yeah he's being like very and kind do, like, and encouraging he's like yeah don't worry about it man like i'm not i'm not seeing anybody right now i'm not coupled up with anyone i'm not worried about it. like it, that seemed like a genuine like cool yeah. I don't know. I, I just hate whenever guys like are like, yeah, that's how you talk to women. And this is like, like, like it's a weird. No, yeah. And he was like weirdly, like was Alan was weird not. About yeah, it. he's. And then it's but it like could have been cool. He takes one shot and he's like, I deserve boobies. And like, oh God, oh, man, you fu- you suck. Like, <laughs> I know. Like, like right when you're like, well, maybe right. Okay. You're like, like no. I didn't want them to peer pressure you. Like that that sucks. But also, you 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 do suck. Like you suck. Yeah. I agree with everything you're saying. All of you. <laughs> <laughs> They're all awful people. And this movie fundamentally fails on what it wants to be, which is a reality TV show except a movie. Like, it it unequivocally fails on that metric. I like this movie a lot. Oh, God, Brandon. (laughs) Because it is a fucking horror film about, like, early 2000s heteronormative sexuality in, like, the hell pit worst place you could possibly see it. It's basically, like... The documentary reel that was adapted into Harmony Corinne's Spring Breakers. Yeah. Like, totally. I got the same exact, like, horrified vision. Oh, as soon as the opening credits, and it was like two girls, mm-hmm. like, making out over Snoop Dogg's, like, cameo credit, I was like, I know what I'm in for. Uh, <laughs> and it just pushes that, like, Maxim Magazine, yeah. uh, Girls Gone Wild, like, yeah. straight boy sexuality on you to the point where it's like, 
horrifically hedonistic. Like, yeah. Okay, there's a scene that they're... Okay, they try to set up this, like, cute gag where this girl steps on a jellyfish and, like, you have to pour pee on her to, to get the jellyfish sting out, which is not true. It's a weird thing that people just believe. Right. From the Friends show. Okay, it's supposed to be funny and cute, like, this sort of, like, fake scenario they set up, the producers. But I was just... Slackjaw horrified, but the vision of this guy's piss was like <laughs> so uh, yellow. It was like orange. It was so yellow. <laughs> I was like basically Kool Aid that he was like pouring <laughs> yeah, on her legs. So and I'm like, these people are so underslept and so underhydrated. Right. They all have terrible social relation skills, like between each other. Yeah. And it just reminded me of everything wrong with like how I was raised and like socialized as a kid, just perfectly encapsulated in 90 well, minutes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like it reminded me of like. You know, freshman year of college, Ugh. just like LSU. By yeah, the way. just like when you objectively <laughs> look at people that are that drunk, like when you're in it and you are that drunk, you think it's like the coolest thing in the world. But if you look at it from afar, it's fucking disgusting. And yeah, you get to watch these people behave like animals for an hour and a half. So yeah, it's like a weird, like kind of social observation. It's grotesque and and it never stops that. being bizarre. Like the whole movie, I was just like, I wasn't bored just because I was like, yeah, just mortified the whole time. It does a really good job of encapsulating that. Like, I don't. I mean, maybe because I'm not in it. I was never a cool kid that went to parties and got drunk throughout my whole life, including college and kind of now. <laughs> but you know what I mean, like the that spring break mtv shit like does that even exist anymore like totally yeah does it? 100%. Yes. there were covid um videos early on like the like anti-mask people like at spring break <sighs> yeah these like super spreader events in florida because like i just remember like girl as a young i mean as a young woman just being like this is horrible like just the girls gone wild commercials that would yeah. blend mm-hmm. into like mtv spring break and then, like, the real world shit that was sprinkled across, it was just like, I'm like, is that what I grow up to get into? Because it's, I don't think I'm ready for that or I know how to do any of that. And I think this really captures that whole essence of that time. Yeah. You know? It's disgusting if anything. that, like, society and colleges push, like, excessive drinking that it's totally okay. You know, like, we had events at LSU that were sponsored by Bud Light. Oh God! You know the fact that like yeah. like half your students aren't even like legally yeah. able to yeah drink, and but you you're just pushing that like this is acceptable and, and you have he, kids that die every few years from like yeah, funneling they had Bud a, Light yeah they had a case last year where a kid died of alcohol poisoning at like a frat party so when you Why watch are this fraternities and shit still legal like who's gonna make those non-existent yeah, anymore because the people who it's so pay dumb. for yeah. everything at the college the most Ugh. are excited by memories of their own fraternity experiences. And it's like a self-fulfilling so cycle. I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a good Spike Lee movie about like how much it sucks. Cause he fucking hates it too. School days. I want to see that. It's good. I only know the <laughs> butt. It's the only thing I know. Doing the butt. Yep. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong. But yeah, like, um, it just made me think of like, Oh yeah. I'm glad whenever like I was old enough, I was like, Oh, I guess you, that's not really what you have to do. That's just like what like rich kids kind of do that can afford to like go to Florida or like people who are just obsessed with drinking and don't want to, do anything else i don't know it just ugh. there were a few times that you would take me to parties like that and um the host would come over to me and be like you need to leave because like oh, no. people just didn't like the look of me <laughs> that is true <laughs> i feel this like guy that not guy out of here. i don't know That's like so punk rock i, I, I right? wasn't, yes, wasn't doing anything <laughs> but it was weird because like i <laughs> i wasn't like um 
I was not like a social <laughs> butterfly by any means, but I feel like I kind of you could, could blend in better. Blend in to mm-hmm. those crowds better. But Brandon did like stick out because <laughs> at the time he had like these big mutton chops oh, no. and like he's like a punk through and through and like yeah there was a couple times where like get out yeah, you, yeah. who invited you <laughs> were you sorry college date but there was one party we went to where like my friend Casey invited us and I think you were there I went with some high school friends I think Brandon was there and. Casey hadn't showed up yet, and it was like total bro vibe. Mm-hmm. Everyone like standing around the keg, and like Frosted we get there and it's super door. awkward. And the guy comes up to me, he's like, "Oh, so who do you know here?" And I swear, I thought Casey on the phone told me her friend's name was Muhammad, <laughs> and so I was like, "Yeah, I'm, uh, we're here for Muhammad." Like, there's no Muhammad here. Like, get the fuck out. <laughs> like this dude like ran us out of this party and like i don't know there was a few times like that where we just like kick got kicked out of but who for does part, that for being the wrong people. vibe yeah. just the right. wrong vibe but like yeah. whatever that's this so not fuck our these aesthetic. guys like that's, they're probably like just raping a bunch of people anyway like you know what i mean like they they go after dude. like <laughs> that's the you thing guys, i find kind so of compelling bizarre. about alan in this scenario is like they all recognize that in him immediately like, yeah. what is this thing that is like this like tumor that right. needs to be excised right. from this, our party? Yeah, he must drink. Yeah. And he oh. is awful in his own special way. But like watching them socialize him to be like them by the end yeah. is, I think, <laughs> it's like a horror movie. Like, yeah. Or it's or it's at least a documentary about those social rituals more than it is like Ugh. a I mean, reality show. I guess, think how yeah. hard it would have been to like have a social life at LSU and not drank it would be pretty much impossible yeah i mean and that sucks that like society is rigged in that it's way it's so weird how like yeah like how like why is that a thing and it's like we all know like at all these college spring break like horrible things happen and people like are fucked up for life and it's like but we still do it and we still like want it and push it on people it's just so strange ultimately people just feel very awkward and alcohol helps yeah and then at a certain point but then you just get obliterated and you're like not a human being anymore and it's like if there's somebody with you that is not drinking it's like it reminds you that there are other ways of doing things and that's uncomfortable Mm -hmm. like i don't feel comfortable unless i'm drinking alcohol so i need you to also because, like, they were pressuring him because they were uncomfortable. It wasn't because, like, they wanted him to have a good time. Um, mm. When I was in high school and, like, early college, I thought that the kinds of people that went to spring break, like, totally had it figured out socially. Like, that was kind of the ticket to, um, like, social competence. It's like, you went to spring break, you went to Cancun. And watching this documentary, it's like, like these people do not know how to interact or be they're like, faking good it. yeah to, like there's that one guy who's with the blonde hair who was like a model and he was he's just like constantly like hey do you want to make out with me do you want to make he out with me like do you have a sister one yeah, he want, was, yeah. yeah you want to take a shower with right. me and he's like a model he looks good but <laughs> he, yeah he's asking i guess he has no idea how to interact with people yeah. in a reasonable way i was like i want this person to just like go to prison like there's an early scene <laughs> early like their first night going to a party they've been there for like hours at this point not even days and he is almost blackout drunk yeah. already before they leave the house and he walks through the room while the girls are doing their makeup and he goes somebody give me a gun so i can shoot myself <laughs> yeah. 
they were like, I was like, no. that set the tone for the whole movie yeah. for me. I was like, what the fuck? They were like, don't do that. I would love to like see like a where are they now with all these people. All dead. You know what? Yeah, for sure. So the girl from Wisconsin, first of all, she's born the waitress. Yes. Yeah. She was in She's the Man. Oh, she's, she's she in actually movie. had an acting career. Yeah. What? The only one mm-hmm. to make yeah. it out of the and worst movie she's... we've ever watched in the show. <laughs> well, IMO. If anything, I'm not surprised it was she's right. the man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she's also born on the same day as me. Different different year though. Oh, different well, year. She's like 40. Congrats on a new birthday. You know what? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I take Scorpio. that back. That was the worst movie we ever talked about on the show. I think there's one later in this episode that tops it for me. Really? <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> this to me was the worst. It's a miserable experience. There, there, it just made I me think feel I'm icky in agreement with Brandon. The there time. is one coming up that I hated. Really? Oh, one. I can't oh, wait yeah. to see it. I wonder if it's the one I love. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to before we move on to a different movie. I did want to mention a TV show that we watched pretty recently that reminded me of this episode. So, have any of you ever seen How to with John Wilson? No. no. So there, it's um, this guy who he like used to work for a private investigator and so he would like look at video footage for hours and hours and hours and try to find things that were like out of the ordinary but he just spent hours watching like the most banal video video footage so he has this show on hbo and it's it's called how to with john wilson and each episode has a theme it's like how to make friends how to protect your furniture and he talks about like the anxieties of living in new york and like being a person and he kind of filters it through this how-to thing so the first episode is how to make friends he's like 40 something and he goes to he lost his his friend died in a bicycle accident and he's like this show that episode is ostensibly about making friends but it's also about like processing his grief so he goes to spring break to like (laughs) meet friends yeah it's so and everybody is like like there are all these like beefy dudes and like hot chicks that are like really weirded out by him, like they're pretty polite, but he he doesn't. He's like forty, um, and he meets this. He keeps running into this one kid who is like not fitting in with anybody. He's smoking all day and drinking, but like John can kind of see that he's lonely, and then they like start hanging out together, and John finds out that like this guy had a friend that recently committed suicide and he's like going through the he's grieving his friend and you know so john opens up to him about his friend and it's like this really beautiful moment of connection in this like very artificial spring break set piece and i just i actually really liked this movie too and (laughs) i surprise (laughs) but and i think it's like, I think it's totally mm-hmm. fast. Like, the things that humans do socially to, like, escape themselves and, like, how painfully obvious it is, like, how uncool 80% of us are. And, like, I just think that th- that is mm. totally fascinating. And that's what Spring Break is to me. It's, like, I am a young person. I, like, want to be cool and I want to have friends and I want to hook up with people and I'm going to get wasted and, like, this is a socially... This is a script that I can follow, but like every single person at Spring Break is also just going through regular human stuff. Mm. So anyway, good, I just wanted to. That's add a that great in. point. Yeah. One more <laughs> quick thing to say about this movie, even though 
I hate it. Um, <laughs> for the record, again. one of the most awkward parts for me was like um, whenever Simple Plan was playing, <laughs> and they were all like, "I'm like, this is like the lamest thing I've ever seen in my life." And then they had like those like beefed up dudes with like their frosted tips spiked up and their bandana and their FBI T-shirts, and they're like, "Yeah, Simple oh, Plan." Yeah. I'm like. Oh wow! Dude. And then Snoop Dogg plays, and then all these like white chicks like start crawling all over him, and they don't know how to dance. They're just awkwardly like dry well, humping and trying to pull yeah. up, pull themselves up on his legs, and it's just like ooh, ooh no! That whole the whole music element was bizarre. well related to that. I don't, did y'all watch that Woodstock '99 documentary that came out? Mm-hmm. I felt the exact same way watching all these like white male. Guys with like cargo shorts and the the seashell, what are they? Puka shell like necklaces. Pukas. Yeah, and like the frosted tips. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> I didn't go to Woodstock and 99, they're just burnt but, to a crisp with their like suntan and their tribal tattoos. Like, yeah. And I, I was like, you know, sort of cringing while I was watching it because I yeah. was definitely like kind of that guy in high school. <laughs> like, sort of. Yeah. I had that necklace. We were new, new metal shitheads. Yeah. I was new. I was a new metal I'm shithead. I'm still a new metal shithead, but like, it's so interesting watching the musical aspect of it because the crowd and the fans are like way more embarrassing than the actual band. It's almost like the bands are doing their thing and they're, the crowds are making their own world out of it. That doesn't make sense. I disagree. In a simple plan, I don't know about the Woodstock thing, but like, but yeah, simple plan, like they were just embarrassing. What stood out to me about that <laughs> was like, it was the whole movie in a nutshell to me, and yeah. that it's trying to present something that's really cool and exciting, and something that you know, I don't really think the audience for this movie is like a twenty-two-year-old going to spring break. I think it's like a teenager, yeah, who, totally like, wants to see boobies, just like Alan, right, and like wants to see what. You know, people who are just older than them. Yeah, it's like a doing. senior in high school that's right. like, oh man, oh, when I get so to college, cool. yeah. I'm this telling you, it. that's it. Yeah. So they're presenting this like cool image of like what it's going to be like when you get to that yeah. age. But if you, that simple plan concert, if you listen to the lyrics to the song, and I don't really yeah. know them very well, yeah. but it's like early 2000s mall punk, oh, like yeah. pop punk stuff. And the lyrics are like, she's such a bitch. <laughs> I hate my ex. She's horrible. And it's the same Pure like pop punk. toxic masculinity is everything else like it's the same machismo like straight boy sexuality culture is everything else in the movie and it's just as gross and mm-hmm. weird as everything that's great point. Um, and that's supposed to be your like break from reality like just, that, that music yeah. video yeah I was, yeah i think it was just like the lead singer with like his hat sideways like <laughs> bumping all over the place and i'm like ooh, no i mean the female body inspector t-shirts oh, really do boy. underline oh yeah i, I that remember too. that <laughs> gross So you willingly had sex with your fiance's mother. And that doesn't bother you. Why not? I'm sure shit not having sex with my fiance. Oh, oh. Look at her and I know she, she ain't she, she ain't. I know no you verb. ain't looking that hard. She ain't no verb. Go. Me and Angel have never had sex. Really? Never? Never. <laughs> the only reason why she wants to marry me is because she's pregnant with her stepdaddy's baby. Oh. Oh. She's afraid everyone's gonna find out about it. And since I got a good job at Walmart in Lakeland, she thinks that we can raise a baby and everyone will think it's ours. The failure of 
the real Cancun at the box office was probably a good thing, even though it sounds like Hada and I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. um, it was like a sociological event. Right. I thought it was super I would not be opposed to them bringing that style of yeah. movie back, honestly. I don't know. We all like reality shows. Like, why not have an hour and a half long reality movie yeah. condensed into, you know, a whole season condensed into one film? Like, I, in theory, I don't well, it's mind that. Failure canceled other movies like that. Like, there was going to be Girls Gone Wild, the movie. Oh, oh come no. on. Like, a mainstream production from, like, MGM or something. Oh, what? Holy and then shit. Universal had one in the works called Drunken Jackasses. That was, like, another spring break hedonism movie. So they were all in that same yeah. vein. They were like, this is a money vein. Right. The other examples that I found for us to talk about that were, like, how to translate reality TV to the big screen. Right. I kind of want to talk about the next two as a group because they do it the same way, Mm -hmm. which is like, they completely avoid what James was just saying, like condensing a whole season of reality TV to the screen. Instead, they were like, why don't we make movie stars out of these real people who emerged Mm -hmm. as personalities on these shows? So the two in that category, there's um, from Justin to Kelly, uh, (laughs) which is, the two, I think the the winner and the run first runner, runner up, up yeah. of uh, American Idol was it season one? I think it was the first season. First yeah, season. Kelly Clarkson yeah. and Justin I'm Guarini. Like this. And it's a con- contractual obligation movie. Like because <laughs> they won the show, they uh-huh. had to be in this film. Uh, and yeah. Kelly Clarkson yeah. tried to get she, out of it. She was like, I she was crying it. in my closet trying to get out of this movie. <laughs> and the other one is from a little earlier, and I guess this is arguable whether or not this is reality TV. We can get into that, but. Mm. Uh, Jerry Springer, based on his popular talk show, had a movie called Ringmaster from 1998. Yeah. Justin the Kelly was more firmly in that reality TV vein. Uh, 2003, the same year as The Real Cancun. It is a old-fashioned throwback musical. Very old Hollywood. A little bit like 60s beach party movies. I read a review for it where they described it, it was like Grease, but performed by... Sea World employees, yeah, which the, is like the food court employees. Food court employees at Sea World. That was Sea World employees. Just yeah, the food at the food court, there. which <laughs> is like a perfect so description. Accurate. It's so accurate. It's also set at spring break, much like the real campaign. Uh-huh. But it is so desexed and like so it's a, t- it's a conservative. So Half the people break. are fucking clothed. Right, they're fully clothed. With the we- best fashion, like the clothes used in here. I was like, <laughs> she wears this like skirt that's oh, made from like torn no. up Tibetan flag. Oh, I hate <laughs> it. Like, what is this? I have no nostalgia for that Paris Hilton era of like fashion. The yeah, I live ways. for it. Oh no. <laughs> I mean, I was like younger, and I was like forever chunky so i was like i'll never wear that but i love the idea um, that the, it exists the dudes with the cargo shorts again yeah. how many pockets can you have in your pants man and we never see justin oh. guarini's chest at all no. he's always wearing we a never, shirt we always wanted it the whole time it's the most pg beach party ever. <laughs> but there are some scandalous parts i think sexual well, moments between the music what? Go on. Elaborate <laughs> on that. Did I miss Where? them? Yeah. Like, Did I blink? Moments, like in that in that big musical number in the beginning, there's like a little bit of dry humping and like swapping of people and like sexual innuendo happening where you're like, oh, like it's that, racing through middle happening. school, right. which I think is probably yeah. And then someone shows their asshole the to everybody. Audience. We don't get to see it. There's no pink flamingos yeah, insert true. of his asshole singing. I know, and I don't know. Like this is like whenever I I don't know I would have. Love that because the movie we talk about later has a lot of fun asshole stuff oh, that yeah, I've for sure. I oh, love. Oh yeah, so much. 
It's like the innuendo was too much, so they like made innuendo of the innuendo. They're like, we want to get <laughs> the groove to the bumpy bump, and we want to have a vibe, like a love vibe. It's like meaningless so, music. So I actually watched a twenty-minute like behind the scenes <laughs> oh of Justin and Kelly that was on YouTube. I'm jealous. Now. And they the director said like. He had this interview, and he's like, you know, I want to show a different side of spring break. I didn't want to show the... He said, I didn't want to show the dark side right. of spring show- break. Like I'm, I'm like, what right. are you talking about? I want to show a side of spring break that doesn't exist. Exist, like, yeah. The- <laughs> right, but they had like, oh, I'm handing out wristbands for the whipped cream contest. And it's like, but we don't really see the sexy thing it's supposed to be. But it's like, yeah, it's like they kind of skim over it like what the sexy part of spring break mm-hmm. is and we know it's there but i guess that makes sense where he's like it exists there's a sexy whipped cream stuff happening but look all the fun they're having but dancing. it's like oh look at kelly like put whipped like cream a, on his face basically like a pie to the face yeah. like right. clown routine Meh. yeah i had high hopes for this movie for the first three and a half minutes <laughs> <laughs> Three it, it starts with kelly clarkson in this like go nowhere job as like a waitress in a bar in texas singing to a crowd of one is her accent actually that thick no okay she's like playing it up she hammed it up yeah but mm-hmm. she does have, she's southern I yeah think. sure yeah, she's, I think from she's from texas, texas but yeah they like make her play like she's from texas from, right. yeah she's from texas <laughs> and then she gets to spring break and there's this really big musical number that's like a early 2000s like pop song that you would hear on the radio yeah. still. Before we talk about the musical number, I want to mention how like the minute they park their car, <laughs> they're like, let's hit the beach. <laughs> and then it starts. There's like no like lead up. Yeah, you go anything. from that bar to like a big musical Well, even number. the setup like, <laughs> oh yeah, I don't want to go to spring break. Oh no, you're coming to spring break. Spring break, woo! And, and then, then like, that's okay, it. Okay, We're there. Not <laughs> about it. That's the setup. <laughs> I'm here. And I honestly had fun with that opening number. I was like, oh, yeah. this is like the it's trash good. pop from when I was a well, kid. Well, that song yeah. is actually very reminiscent yeah. of... Um, I forgot what song it was, but the, it's it's like the music itself is like a direct ripoff of some other Is 2000s. it the Go-Go's Vacation song or is that the one at that's the end? That's another one. Okay. That's, the, yeah. that's towards the end. Okay. But I reckon I was like, okay, I know you're ripping off this song, but it was right. fun. Yeah, but and I like that the, the musical numbers song. get worse as the movie. That goes is where along. I just my <laughs> like the appreciation R&B plummeted. Ones yeah. Where it's like the love between her and Justin. There is no exist. love between her. They and have Justin. no chemistry. <laughs> no interest in each other. Negative chemistry. <laughs> I can't like. It's just they tried to make him this like sexual icon or something, Does anyone and he believe, really wasn't. No. Like anyone believe that he would like actually plan parties. Justin Carini. No. Well, right. now he's like the hot Dr. Pepper boy, you know, in commercials. So maybe he had it in him all along. Mm. The hot Dr. Pepper the, boy? It's the sweet one. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? No. no. I don't. I Someone don't. sent me this image of him <laughs> once I posted that I was watching this movie, but I had never seen that before. Okay. Well, that's what he does now. <laughs> and it's like, well, he's kind of like, I don't know. Y'all have, I'll show it to y'all later. Yeah. I um, want to see it. But it's just like, oh, did he have that like sensuality and sexuality and I'm all along. He well, no he did not unlock it movie. for this movie. Yeah. There's really nothing. Paula Abdul like was obsessed with him and like American Idol, like his hair and his look. 
like she tried to be like, oh, look how hot he is and stuff. And it's like, not. he just always had this like adorableness. But he's that's asexual yeah. to me. Right. I don't know if yeah. he's asexual in real life, but to Ooh. me, right. he has no sexuality at all. Yeah. And they were just constantly reiterating like, you're a party boy and you love planning parties but and that's your thing. The and whole thing is like, he's he's the boy that you call. You're like, hey, I got too drunk. Can you come pick me up? Because I know you're sober. Like, right. He's that guy. Yeah. He's the Alan he's a role model. of the group. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> well, they play him like he's this party animal. We never see him yeah. drink. He doesn't do anything right. exciting. He just hands out flyers. He's not as <laughs> thirsty as Alan. He's not desperate no. the same way Alan is. Mm-mm. Yeah. He's in love. And in love. there's nothing to the film after that big like opening <laughs> number. Like There's these two True. factions. There's the girls and the boys. Mm-hmm. And one of the girls wants to date one of the boys, but one of the other girls stops her because she wants to date that particular boy. Oh my and God. that goes on the entire length <laughs> of the film until they reunite for the only other like halfway decent song number. And by then, all hope is lost for this to be even halfway enjoyable for me. So, I okay, I have to say like, I know this is a bad movie, but I was stressed out the entire time watching because that particular type of subplot, like a girl is like going behind this other girl's back to like fuck with her is like i hate those horrible movies like they stress me out so much so i was like deeply invested oh wow i was like i was like she needs to stop doing this to kelly and it was just i just wanted her to stop but she never got her comeuppance really no yeah and she was like she sort of comes clean and it's all well like She's a shitty friend, man. Wholesome movie, and as long as you tell the truth, should have cut her out, man. She sucks. Oh man, and her her song song was the worst thing in the whole movie. It was like shockingly bad. Is that like a mariachi song or something? No, she's like she's in this bar and surrounded by men. Yeah, she she has this musical number with all these men. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like exactly. Why is this here? It's such a weird setting for like the spring break vibe. And I'm like, are you like 50 years old or something? Like, (laughs) it's so weird, too, because I can't tell how old they're supposed to be. Like, are y'all old enough to drink and y'all are like in these adult bars getting martinis? I don't know. Yeah, it was just discordant. And she's dancing and like, which one of these boys shall I choose? They all want me. It was like... (laughs) <laughs> I was shocked at how bad this. Like song it wasn't was. even like in tune. <laughs> but her outfits were like, so good. <laughs> were they though? Yes, I loved all their clothes. <laughs> oh man. Oh yeah. I just I really have no affection for this movie. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. I liked it. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't like. I'm not obsessed with it, but I thought it was gonna be worse. Like based on how yeah. like everyone was talking about. It. I think like we had must have like done something and you were like oh sorry about from justin to kelly i'm like well i haven't watched it yet and i watched it i'm like it's not really bad (laughs) yeah i was like fully entertained by how awful it was was. one of those it's i don't want to say it was one of those it's so bad it's good but it was so bad that at least it kept my attention right oh yeah i was like on point like all right this just picking up on little things like i said like the fact that everyone's at the beach but they're clothed all the time the choreography mm-hmm. is awful the songs really? get mm-hmm. progressive yeah the, the songs are bad they get worse and by the end i actually texted brandon because <laughs> yeah. i was like dude I'm, I'm cursing your name right now because you made me watch this because that last musical number is so fucking awful yeah. the, like just yeah, the big is, finale the big yeah, finale I'm and like, they're all just having a good time 
No. It's just, it's like Stop. all of these songs are originals that they wrote, except for the the end. Is this like weird? Yeah. What is this what song? Is the Go-Go's Vacation? The Vacation yeah. one? Didn't you like that one? I found that sequence to be the only other part of the movie that <laughs> held my attention. Like for you to say this is like so bad it's good or almost that. I feel like it's the exact opposite where I was just so bored. I have nothing to say about it. Like I, like the whole bored? Three's Company keeping the two of them uh-huh. from like getting together thing just meant that nothing happened the whole right. time. Well, that's yeah, they never interacted. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there was that subplot with like his other friend, the one that showed his booty hole to everybody, and like the cop that kept writing him tickets. His name is Brandon. <laughs> yeah and he has some sick rap flow you know no he does he raps twice in the film and it's like your skin crawls off your body and runs out the door it's so bad so, well, yeah, that other and then subplot a, too yeah, like his the, other friend who like is trying to find this woman he met on the internet and they just keep like missing each other but yeah. the weird shit that he does like it's like they try to make him the funny boy he's and he's like is this the is this the internet and he picks up this like telephone and i'm like what is this supposed to be and he's like how do we get online and i'm like wait what like is this supposed to be a joke like is he supposed to be ditzy or is he supposed to be purposely funny like it was just so bizarre like all the weird weird jokes they didn't they didn't make sense and they were so dumb i almost wonder if they intentionally kept justin and kelly apart because they knew they didn't have any chemistry yeah. so that's why they developed this plot where they like yeah. are totally removed they had a from good each other friendship chemistry you can tell like, they enjoyed working together but and they're both in the same boat and making but fun of it I, like oh i'm in love with that girl i just there's something about her i love her i'm like i never got i don't believe you i don't believe you they're on the boat and they're singing like now Endless. that i'm finally in your arms oh, that and they're, that like, they're like killer. so far yeah. but they're so not even funny, interacting though. like they're she's not even like looking at 10 each feet other away. <laughs> she's like by the motor of the boat yeah and he's like way at the very oh tip. this is endless and then what like so by the end i guess they end up together right but they're on spring break they live in different places so what's the end thing here like um, they don't end up that together. they found each other after not finding but then they go back home and i guess he something. might come Who visit knows? is how they oh, end he's, it like he's a visitor did y'all watch american idol around that time i know oh. mm-hmm. yeah. i did me too it was massive yeah and both of them they were the two finalists but how did they this were movie massive. not make any money that's crazy like they were trying to cash in on. Oh, I think totally. the stink on it was just so bad. So Everyone yeah. saw. I was like, "Do not even." Attempt. Yeah, yeah. I remember when it came out in theaters, like almost immediately. It was like, "Oh, did you go watch that?" My friends were like, "Yeah, it was shitty." And then I was like, "Well, I guess I'm not gonna see it." Yeah. And then I never saw it. I guess the reason I asked that is like this does exemplify the things I don't like about American Idol. Where like when I used to watch those seasons with my family. When it was on the TV, mm-hmm. the exciting parts are like the trials, and that's where you get yeah. like the reality TV payoff, where it's just like an absolute fucking weirdo is on television. <laughs> right. Like, let's yeah. gawk what at are the they strange doing? people. Yeah. And then by the time you actually get like late in the competition, and like all the weirdos are gone, and they've like sanded everything down to like the finalists, what they're doing is that like vocal olympics thing where like just going ah, ah. just doing runs over each other Brandon, and that was a great run it's technically impressive that your voice can do that but the song you're singing and the emotion you're conveying with your voice are so disconnected mm-hmm. there's just nothing going on and i feel like this movie exemplifies that like technically that song on the boat is hard to sing right <laughs> 
But nothing you're saying or emoting is connecting with any part of my brain no. at all. No. Except the part that's just like, am I bored or am I hungry? <laughs> it's Yeah, they were trying to do that American Idol thing. Like, look at what they could do with their voices. Yeah, I already saw them do that on TV. True. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that that's a good point, too, where it's like we know that they sing good and we see them sing good every week that we watch them on the show. Mm-hmm. So, like, what is this doing that we haven't seen before? I mean, I think it would have worked better if it was a straight up musical like music the whole way through. It kind of is, though. There's not, not enough. Really. There's not, there's not enough, enough numbers. musical numbers. We need more. I, but, f- but the musical numbers they had were so okay, bad. Okay, they're bad. We need more. <laughs> but more. where the movie really more. sucks is when there's... I mean, it sucks the whole time through, but when it really sucks, it's like there's no musical when numbers. When they're talking. We're talking <laughs> and hanging out in the bathroom flirting i like oh i love that bathroom scene where she like wrote her phone like her all her information on a paper towel it was toilet was, like, paper or toilet paper, toilet paper like, gets wet. No. It in a stupid yeah that was another thing that like kept me entertained through just the like absurdity of oh, this yeah. miscommunication it just doesn't make any sense like you have like the girl who's pretending to be Callie and like texting him and there was no point where oh the Justin yeah where Justin or Kelly was like hey like I didn't see you at this place what it's happened a, that's and what then, Ebert calls the idiot plot right it's yeah. like if one person just told the other person right if, one key <laughs> piece of information <laughs> right. the whole movie yeah. would fall apart if they, right if they just stopped singing about this chemistry they don't have <laughs> and like had a normal conversation about things that were relevant to both of, hey so by the way I sent you that realize, text and yeah. you never oh, responded I never got what it. was the deal with like, I haven't gotten any text from you but oh. like instead of that it's like Kelly would do these like riddle type right. like, the way she talks like she's always doing like a riddle kind of like you know you, you have to get it right and then you'll find me or not really direct communication is right. key yeah a three minute conversation could have solved this right. whole, whole thing yeah and then she finally found finds out because her friend's phone falls out of her purse and then kelly fi- it's Jesus. like an equally ridiculous the plot in this movie does not matter whatsoever <laughs> what makes it cool and what have made it cooler is just like more of the like y2k fashion i'm obsessed with and like the little like you know teensy tiny cell phones with like the you know oh, the yeah. texting and <laughs> little nokias yellow yeah, nokias and just like the whole like y2k spring break vibe and more like fun musical numbers like why with all that have in to it? be this like romantic thing too like why not just because hey, it's probably some old geezer that... that made this movie and it's like that's what teenagers love you know but it could have just been like hey i found this person that also sings well and we can like perform together and we can be and great big... friends and oh my god if we redo this if we can get the funds same cast same cast. <laughs> <laughs> but you know like if it would have been like right like a um oh there's like a like a competition a competition at the end of spring break where it's like performances a, yeah like, duo let's thing do and i gotta find my partner and oh i heard her sing at that bar she's so good everybody brandon's I'm, just shaking his head yeah, that makes sense right yeah. that would have been a better movie instead of like and then they ro- have an explosive musical performance at the end that's very american idol-esque and they both yeah i think like, it was that <gasps> plot with like musical numbers the whole time yeah could have been actually right. licensed pop songs that pre-exist and not these songs that were obviously written yeah. in a fucking rush. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> True. like... That's why that first one works because I was like, that's the, a song. The that- conflict could have been like one of them, there was like another person that was like, oh, I'm gonna get Kelly to sing with me. 
And then she started like, she would have a drink with them and they were like kind of talking about that. And then Justin finds out and he's like, we, I thought we were singing together. And then right? she's like, I don't know. Well, we are. I was just kind of talking to this person, exploring possibilities and blah, blah. blah. And then he's like, no, like, I don't trust you. And then they're going to do singing solo separately. And then like at the moment, they're like, let's just like off the cuff, do a duet. Mm-hmm. Boom. They like end up on stage accidentally and they have to perform. And right it's just away. a natural thing that yeah, happens. Yeah, they're like, all they these use are all better ideas than what, what, what they actually did. So Yeah, instead of like, let's shoehorn them into a Gidget remake. Uh, Love like Gidget. That, but this is not Gidget. Oh, it's not, oh no. <laughs> it's not a Gidget. Is this better than Crossroads? Is Crossroads this bad? No. I've been wanting to rewatch Crossroads. Crossroads is very good. Okay. Well, okay. It would be so appropriate <laughs> what for is us that, to Britney do. Spears? Yeah. 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 Remember how I, I saw that movie better. and I think yeah, I liked doing it. Doing a road trip yeah, to the Britney Spears Museum and then doing we could that would be so appropriate now. Can we do considering what's flicks? going on with her? Can we do a swamp flicks like field trip? That was our a pitch we had. I like, still have the playlist that I made for the oh, field trip. We should we should do it. <laughs> that, that was so years fun. ago. We were supposed to make a road trip to the Britney Spears Museum and then watch Crossroads and then talk about the two experiences. <laughs> oh, that's a great. Great idea. Yeah, the museum has weird hours, though. I think is how kind of how it's like during like on Wednesdays from like two to three or something. Wow, I can afford to take time off now better than I could at the time, though. So uh, (laughs) yeah, you let me know. Still in development that episode. Yeah, coming soon. The other one, Ringmaster with Jerry Springer, unlicensed. (laughs) If you watch the trailer for this movie, it has the same notification that the uh, end credits of the film do, which is like. This is not associated with the Jerry Springer show. But it is. But How it, is it's it Jerry not? Right. They just don't have the rights. So it's the same talk show. It looks very similar to the same set. The mm-hmm. same host. The but same, same He's concept. in the movie. Like, how did he not agree Jerry to Jerry Springer is in it, but the Jerry Springer show is right. like owned by some other company. Yeah. And, like, his show on the, in the movie is called Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> his <first laughs> and his name's still Jerry. It's just he's a different last name. Right. right. It's pretty bad the same way that from Justin the Kelly is but I found more to enjoy and more okay. to chew on in this one I really like this one okay, I, good. I, I, I wanted to like I it I was on the verge I mean <laughs> of all the movies this felt like an actual movie right like I you know actually I mean? cared yeah. about the plot in a way yeah where like, I was like plot, oh what's gonna characters happen that it were, kept like, my developed. attention it's hard to even say like what the plot is it's basically like multiple episodes of the Jerry Springer show being booked and then like the lower class people coming to the city to like put all their like dirty laundry on television so people can cheer them on as they fight with chairs. Which is how the show works. So I actually know someone, well not personally, but a really good friend of mine, his niece was on the Jerry Springer show. And I'm like, why would she put herself out there? And I think like she was like talking to this guy she was dating. I was like, I want us to be in an open relationship and like brought out the other guys she was seeing and then they fought. And I'm like, why would she do that? And she's like, well, she got like a trip to Los Angeles and they paid for a hotel. So she yeah. was like, yeah. And they all agreed to do it for that, which is what happens in this we movie. We see that in the film. Yeah. The people who are going to be guests are loving the experience of just being in the city, being in a hotel for free, meeting a celebrity, which Jerry yeah. was Dude. at the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. I got into a huge not a huge <laughs> argument. I got in an argument with my dad the other day. He's a huge Maury fan, Maury Povich. Like Maury. He watches Maury every single day. And like I told him, I was like, well, you know, at least half of those people are actors. Cause I know, like, especially in Jerry Springer, it's widely known that like 
30 to 50% of those people are just actors that they reuse because they've had. You think? Yeah. I think it's, I think it's just Oh Lord, it's like I'm back talking (laughs) to my dad again. (laughs) Well, hear me out. Like, I think like a lot of it is like, I mean, I think people are acting, but I think they want that opportunity because like in certain realms, like Jerry Springer, or at least in this, at least in this time point in time where this movie was made, like he was like the shit. And it's like, dude, I would do anything to be on that show. I will sleep with like my mom to be on this show. Like people would do anything, but I've seen, and then like act out and amp it up times 20. You know that they've actually reused actors and I've seen videos where like the same person is on for multiple episodes playing a different those people are on multiple shows too like there are times where like someone on the maury show was on jerry springer and then on dr phil that's acting but it is yeah it is for the most part real people pitching fake scenarios and then like acting out drama like it is is like a Mm -hmm. it is a falsely generated drama what i'm getting at is it is a way to see real people on television like Okay, a, a certain percentage of them are probably professional actors who can't get work in TV time otherwise. But that's uh, part. That's like a percentage of it, mm-hmm. sure. But there are also people who pitch things that did happen to them, just amped up for entertainment value. Yeah. True. Yeah. There's also people who just make up weird scenarios just right? to get on to get, there. To get right. a free trip to Chicago. Well, or that but it's YouTube a, girl Trish Trish Paytas Paytas whatever the blonde chick. That's what she did. Like she is now like this like multi-millionaire like youtube star and that's how she did it like she just like found her opportunities in all these reality type shows yeah. is that catch me outside or is that somebody else it's another girl okay. with no god her too but i forgot what she was on she was either on like amari or something and then she was on dr phil for being addicted to tanning and then she showed up on the x factor and was like i just came here to see howard stern <laughs> and then people just started like who is this woman and then that built her career so a, a lot of people kind of do it in that they're not professional, but they want to be. There's levels to this shit, is what I'm saying. Yeah, like, sure. You go the full like fabrication, just actors, like I said, people kind of making up scenarios to get on TV. <laughs> My friend's niece. Yeah, just and then you have real people with real scenarios. I was thinking about that watching this. Like, this is the closest to pro wrestling than any of these other reality yeah. shows. Like, yeah. you mm. cheer on the fighting. It's the only Rain reason you're there. There you go. And um. Anything you see on the stage, though, I think does have some reflection of the person's real life character, just like amped up for your entertainment mm-hmm. value. Yeah. Maybe not all of it, but like a certain percentage of it. And the appeal is the same as any other reality TV show, which is like seeing a type of person you don't normally see on television acting chaotically mm-hmm. like for the camera. And for your entertainment. Right. When you think about it, this is like pre-internet and pre-social like media where like you didn't have the ability to like Google all the weird shit happening in the world. Like you had to see it on Jerry Springer. You know what I mean? Like to get that kind of like trash entertainment that it's not as big now because now the internet's so explosive yeah. that people don't really care. But like that was so huge. Yeah. Someone could get famous for being sassy on Instagram, which mm-hmm. is a lot less effort than it takes to get on the Jerry Springer show. Exactly. The problem with this movie. <laughs> oh, there's is, a problem with it. It's so heavily scripted. That all that chaos of like, what is this unchecked person going to do on camera is removed. So there's no spontaneity or like chaos to it, which puts a lot of pressure on Jerry to be interesting. And he is so boring. (laughs) 
Oh god, he's such a boring. Except when he's in his razzle dazzle cowboy outfit and his sings. That's what threw me off when, like, (laughs) this got lumped in as like a reality show movie. When I don't feel like it actually fits in the way that some Uh, of these other ones do. Like, I think it'd be more of a reality show movie if they had actual people that were on the Jerry Springer show in the movie. You know, kind of right. rehashing. Yeah, what Jerry's the only like authentic. It's, right. it's a movie Everyone else is actual reality yeah, it's TV. It's like a, a dramatic. It's like, like a meta commentary retell- on yeah. Yeah. those kind of shows, but all the other movies we're talking about are like real but the, in a sense. I guess the way I was lumping it in with Justin and Kelly is like this is them trying to make a big screen star out of someone who you know mm-hmm. got famous because of reality TV. Yeah. Uh, and they kind of fundamentally misunderstand the appeal of the show, which is the chaos and the like if it's not real, it's the same thing as pro wrestling, the tease of it being real, like the fantasy of like that fucked up thing you saw on the Jerry Springer show last Wednesday. And they take all of that out yeah. of it. The, yeah. the central drama is pretty genuine though, and that's what I think works is like is her name Jamie Presley, the yeah. actor? Mm-hmm. She's really good in this. Yeah, she is. I love her. <laughs> she plays like a woman in like a small town. She's living with her mom and her stepdad. And she, she's sleeping with her stepdad. Her mom gets back at her by sleeping with her boyfriend. Classic Jerry Springer four-way plot yeah. there. But she's also just like listless and doesn't know what to do in this town. And basically anytime someone makes sexual advances to her, she just like complies just because she has no direction or no chances to like make anything of her life. And then she sees this, like going to the big city to get on TV thing, just like her mom, like even though they're very angry at each other, they see this as like a great thing that's happened to the family. And there's something like deeply sad about that whole drama that I think is at least more interesting than anything that happens in Justin to Kelly. I mean, it's pretty compelling. I think it's, what happens with like a lot of that the percentage of people on these shows that like are in reality like real people like living in like you know in poverty and who like you know what i mean like this is like i like how it kind of put a lens on that without like using real people in the situation where it's like oh dude a shit ton of people on that show well i think like like this and do this shit like when i said it was like a meta commentary like if you watch the jerry springer show like he is the ringmaster he's constantly like kind of in the background making snide remarks kind of talking about like how ridiculous this is and how we are exploiting oh he makes fun of them he makes fun of the whole like circus of it all and the movie is like that where he's just like showing you this is what we do like we take people that are from the trailer park we offer them a free weekend in chicago and we like make money off of them because of the drama or whatever. So the movie is like very cynical about what the Jerry Springer show is. Yeah. And it's weird that he would like sign off on that. It's like he knows. Well, he does get to be a little high and mighty about the sentimentality of like, these are real people with real problems. Yeah. And he has like a big moral lesson at the end of every Jerry Springer episode. <laughs> and the movie does that too. Where it's like. I think he thought this was going to like boost his show even more, which is probably why he signed up for it. But like, he never fucking talked about it. Like it was just never discussed. Like no one ever really asked him about it. He never really said anything about it. And it's like, I just want to know how he felt about it. I mean, he's an interesting guy in that. Like he was like, what the mayor of Cincinnati, he was like a high ranking, like politician <laughs> that went from that. You know, he, I think he had a scandal with, 
prostitutes or whatever and like reinvented himself as the Jerry Springer show mm-hmm. and he's made it last for this long. I mean, I don't know. Is it still on? Don't we know, stopped maybe. watching. We started watching the Steve Wilkos show is how we got oh. off of this. <laughs> That's true. Which, okay. This wait, gave wait. birth to Steve Wilkos. I was talking my, when me and my dad were debating whether or not Maury uses actors. I was like, well, you know who doesn't use actors is Steve Wilkos because nobody would, nobody would pretend to, to be, be like a, a guy pedophile. that like is a pedophile or burn their right. baby in the oven. Like that's not a role you want to play. <laughs> yeah. So like I'm convinced that C. Wilkos is a hundred percent real. And but I could what be do you wrong. think drives those Get off my stage. What do you think drives like the Steve Wilkos cast to like put themselves out there? I think it's like, the same drive, yeah. I mean, but the But there's it's, it's different such darker it's like, yeah, subject matter. Pedophiles who are like, hey, actually we did a test and like you're yeah, you're a pedophile. I wonder if it's like they're just so full of themselves. They're like, I'm going to go on national TV and I'm going to beat this lie detector test. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. And then that'll prove it. Or the people who really aren't probably go on. So they're like, well, this might help me in like my court case, I guess. And I should say this movie is um, just mm-hmm. as gross as like a lot of stuff that happens in the Steve Wilkos. Like it starts with a rap song that starts with like a transphobic punchline. And then the movie wraps around with to end on like, this giant transphobic punchline. And like, you know, if you thought that there were like too many people, too many women making out for like men's pleasure in real world Cancun, yeah. this one rushes right in with that too. Like it's playing the same girls gone wild, like, uh, oh, totally. It's like shock yeah. value stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen this movie twice. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I actually saw it when I was a child. It was just playing in like, I don't know. I think it was just playing on TV. And that was the first time I saw Jamie Presley. But I, I do not like this movie. And before we watched all these other films, I thought Ringmaster is going to be my least favorite movie of these four because that was the only one I had seen. Um, and it's just like is mean spirited. I in a lot of parts, I hate a lot of the like trailer park humor they have in the beginning. I I just it totally like puts me off. And that kind of continues through the whole film. But then after I watched from Justin to Kelly, <laughs> Made you reevaluate? Like, yeah, which is bizarre. I mean, it's like weirdly like Ringmaster was more of a human movie than from Justin to Kelly. It was like acknowledging like really fucked up parts of being a person and i do i do agree with you that the jamie presley part is like probably my favorite part of this film like she is a human and she's this. better than the movie right exactly yeah. um well and who plays her mom again she's good too she was yeah. on um some kind of wonderful she was one of like the mean girls i was friends with amanda jones don't yeah. know what that is <laughs> <laughs> I, I future didn't... podcast episode i guess <laughs> yes this made I me just, fall like, in didn't love know how to like Masterson judge any of these films because i'm thinking about it from like first of all are any of these actual movies in a real sense <laughs> They're more like, like cultural objects you know yeah. Yeah. yeah and ringmaster was the only one that felt like a film yeah like characters and a plot and like traditional storytelling so I like in my head i kind of rate it higher than some of the other more ones like a movie. more like an actual movie but at the end of the day like yeah i kind of cringed watching it and it's, didn't yeah. enjoy, it reminded but. me too of like like how you said these are like cultural objects like how both Maury and Jerry Springer show 
Like, they were so high transphobic. Like, on Maury, they would have, like, parts where the audience would guess, like, who's really the man, who's really mm-hmm. the woman, and do the, oh, what? No. But um, Jerry Springer would do, like, a lot of the, like, I've been sleeping with this person, blah, blah, blah. And it turns out, like, he's a he's a she. Or They would do, like, stuff like that a lot all the time. Yeah. yeah. Like, it was so overwhelming, and everyone thought it was so funny, and, like... It's just interesting and it's good, I think, that like that just doesn't happen on those shows anymore where I'm like, that's really nice. Like it's just so weird how everyone was so obsessed with it and just thought it was the goofiest. I, mean, I loved those Mori thing. episodes as a kid because it was the only like exposure to drag queens I had yeah. on TV. Um and a lot of them were not like just trans women. It was like very performative, like femininity stuff. Yeah, and some then, of those. It's just not necessary anymore. Like there's so much more, just such a wider range right. of like. And then like uh, actually like that and like odd yeah. couples where it's like this skinny dude is dating this fat woman and this like short girl is dating this tall dude. Ricky Lake was another good freak show. I think my uh, like yeah. show too. first introduction to like trans people was through Jerry Springer. Yeah, which is like. Sad, not healthy, but yeah. at least it was something. Right, yeah. right. Sandy and Maury, like you're talking about those episodes, like is it a man or a woman? Like they have phased those out, but like yeah, that was my right. yeah, you know, as a middle. Do you also remember suburban kid? There was like a VHS tape. It was like uncensored Jerry Springer episodes, and they would <laughs> too push... hot for TV. Yes, <laughs> and I remember my cousin. I have an uncle who was like he's actually my great uncle. And his daughter was, like, the same age as me. And so, I guess, because, like, he was like, yeah, whatever. Like, I'm an older dad. I'll just let her do whatever the hell she wants. And she was like, guess what I got? The Jer- uncensored Jerry Springer VHS. <gasps> Y'all want to come over and watch it? And I just remember just, like, like overweight women flashing and then, like, whipped cream being shown all over them. And then girls, like, mud wrestling in a baby tub. That is the promise of these movies yeah. is, like, we are going to show you shit that we could not show you on TV. And I don't think Jerry Springer does that. No, it doesn't. I don't think the real Cancun does <laughs> yes, that. Yes, it does. I was going to say real Cancun does because... Yeah. There's no in, blurring. No, in the real world, when the couples would have sex, obviously they couldn't show that. Right. So they would just show them like getting into bed together and then it would cut to like the morning after. <laughs> but in real Cancun, you see like actual... You see the pounding, rhythms. but yeah. what they do is they all dress like bedsheet ghosts. Like they're, well, they're that, trying to hide from the camera, so they cover themselves in bedsheets. Right. right, and they would do it's that so in the odd. original. But like in this one, you bed- see more motion. Right. You see yeah. like actual yeah. fucking going on. No, I feel like in like in the real world and other shows that I've seen, it's like they blur stuff. Are they blur even it though or it's like cut it. Yeah, I mean, it's like they're under the blanket, but you, right, you could see like human, or maybe the mm-hmm. it's like the resolution of the cameras was way better or something. Maybe. Yeah, like I could see this person. And yeah, like, that's where I was like, oh shit, like, well, you advertised that you're going to show yeah. shit you couldn't show on TV, and Which feels, it did. And it feels like so, so gross. Wrong. Too. Yeah. yeah. You know what also showed stuff you cannot show on TV? <laughs> what, Brandon? Jackass the movie. Yeah. Oh, perfect segue. Yeah. Came out a year before The Real Cancun. So, like, mm-hmm. Real Cancun came out and they were like, we are going to revolutionize movies, guys. We're going to make the first reality movie. Which, in all honesty, Jackass did it a year before way more successfully. Oh, totally. Made mm-hmm. so much money. Where, like, The Real Cancun failed, Jackass made... 80 million dollars on a five million dollar budget <laughs> yeah. uh 
The fourth sequel to that film is coming out in theaters this year. I'm so, so excited. I'm excited. Yeah. Two decades yeah. later. The still thing going. is, all of them are good. Like the second, the third, and like there's a half one somewhere as well, right? Isn't like two and a half. I, I just remember seeing the They're one in 3D. Good. That's and the like third the dude's one. cock is like in <laughs> yeah. 3D in my eye. Oh man. Yeah. There's a gag in the third one that almost made me puke in the theater and is the closest I've ever come to like vomiting I think I saw in public. I think I saw that with you. What gag? They were collecting Preston's sweat. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I oh remember. my god. Yeah. What? So vile. And I loved it. It was a great experience. I loved the fact that John Waters was in that film, With like the kind hip, of hypnotic thing. Doesn't he have that? Or I something? thought he had like a magical wand or something, or but that, that might have been Rip maybe. Taylor because uh, he's in all of these as well. You're right. No, no, he. Yeah. What I appreciate about the John Waters connection is just like this is modern Pink Flamingos. Like the whole thing is just disconnected stunts that are supposed to shock and gross <laughs> you out, and just like even if you're not grossed out, you're supposed to be like. Well, that was fucking stupid. <laughs> that is the and whole it's thing. Funny the whole it's time. Stupid. Yeah. There's no plot. The only way they try to make this the movie version of the show is like they go to Japan for a sequence. Yeah. There's like a shopping cart intro where like all of them climb into this comically large shopping cart to go downhill racing on. It's just slightly amped, like and traveling it's stuff going on. They had like more of a budget. Right, that's they it. They just have more, more money to fool around with. Yeah, but most of the actual gags they could have done with like ten dollars. Like, yeah. one of the most memorable gags is well, like Steve-O launching a bottle rocket out of his butthole, <laughs> while the <laughs> other bottle test. rocket is tied to his friend's dick. <laughs> like that <laughs> is something you could do for five dollars, and, and it's so funny. And there's Chris, a, like Chris Pontius's yeah. dick must be. There's broken. like a slow mo <laughs> of his cock just getting <laughs> like. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> And it will never not be funny. Yeah. Like those moments <laughs> in Jackass like hold up extraordinarily yeah. well because it's timeless. Who and doesn't want to see like people fall down, get hit in the dick? Exactly. And I think what they do that like all this other reality shit doesn't do well is like you assume that Jackass are like, oh, this is going to be so bro. And it's going to be gross, but it really isn't like it's, they're it, it caters to that bro <laughs> mentality. But I feel like, like they've grown up as yeah. the show's gone on. This this is them like at their broiest. Yeah, I guess so. I just never felt that like I never felt uncomfortable like as a young I, girl watching Jackass as I did like with all this other shit like can't you know real world and spring break sense. stuff. Yeah. I mean, like it yeah. felt more like of a safe space, I don't wanna, even though they were doing the most dangerous shit. I don't want to say that like this movie affected me emotionally but like watching it again like the just the thought of like friendship like the way that these men are like forming a bond oh yeah and like that's what really connected with me watching it again after all these years was like these guys are fucking bro like real friends to the end oh yeah and like as the years has gone on and like they've dealt with like people dying in their crew and substance abuse and people going to rehab and they've been there for each other. Oh, totally. All these Especially years Especially with like the situations like with Steve-O. Like look at like the big and turnaround he's, turned he's his life made. Around. Yeah. yeah. And just like that is amazing that like they are fr- like true friends and something about that is like very sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that like kind of broy male homoerotic bonding. They lean that, into that in a very endearing way. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're not scared of like there's no no homo like. Right. Not at all. Yeah. Like your balls are stuff. out. And we're not even talking about it. We're just electrocuting right. them. Right. If anything, like, they're leaning into it to make 
the people who love the real Cancun uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. actually I did read a thing where Steve-O said like part of their original intent was like, we wanted to basically say like, fuck homophobia. Mm-hmm. Like we don't give a shit. We're going to whip our dicks out into our butt. But they never do other. like, Oh, that's gay. Huh? Right. Exactly. Yeah, it's never it never gay. feels it's like, like that. It just kind of feels like, Oh, they're having fun with their, with their wieners. I don't know. I missed the, uh, from Justin to Kelly behind the scenes, but I did watch, a behind the scenes doc that came on the library DVD I borrowed of Jackass mm-hmm. the movie. And like Steve O tells this story about going to a nightclub in Japan and like, I almost made out with two dudes because they were like two trans women that looked so hot and I almost went home with them. And, oh, it would have been like the worst night of my life. Uh, like they were kind of gross. Yeah. They're kind of. Yeah. I think they've grown up. Yeah. And like oh, yeah. it's so endearing now. Just the fact that they're alive. Right. Like, the ones <laughs> yeah, that are alive. Oh is my like, God. It's kind yeah. of touching. Yeah. I don't know. I was, it is touching. So like Jackass was not the kind of movie that my family watched. Like that was very much not in like the realm of humor in my family. And I think it made me uncomfortable when I was a child watching it again. The only parts that like, I actually feel uncomfortable with are like when they're in Japan. Me too. Yeah. And like very obviously breaking the social boundaries of other people. Like that's like party boy. Uncomfortable. That's when it doesn't work is when it's trying to do the social experiment. Yeah. Cause like growing up, like party boy was always my favorite. And I thought it was so funny. Mm-hmm. And like now I'm like, oh, you shithead. Right. Like, well, when the when it's directed inward, like amongst a group, it's great. Just like slapstick. What can I do with the right. human body yeah. to right. make you laugh? Yeah. But when what it's can like, we put in our butts? What can we do to make people feel awkward? Like, let's go into a hardware store and take a shit in the toilet and see how they right. react. That doesn't... <laughs> to me, like... Uh, <laughs> I don't think it like that part has aged well for me. I guess I like how they did show like at the end that like they do talk to these people and they they probably compensate them generously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's something Bad Trip did this year very well. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. A lot of it is very focused on like Eric Andre being the butt of the joke. And mm-hmm. then, like, there's a lot of aftercare in the movie where they like, yeah, they're like, which makes you feel better. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, exactly. Yeah, and I'm sure that happened in Jackass too. They don't really show it as much, but they kind of have to. Like, if you wreck a dude's store, like, right. you right. gotta and fix like, the car. The shit and pay them. And I guess because you, know? you know, like, that they're not like a group of dicks. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they probably wouldn't do that if they didn't like have. Yeah. And when I something afterwards, I mean, I, don't I know hate a lot better. of these modern like YouTube guys that do these pranks that are really mean spirited and it's like they have spawned some really awful an awful segment of like the youtube culture Mm. um it's not really their fault like i think they were actually much more like are much less mean spirited than some of the yeah interesting moment in this is like uh, the one where johnny knoxville like tests out the riot gear like um yeah it's like less than lethal right bullets Mm. or whatever and that scene is like very solemn. Like you would yeah. think, like oh, the pain of getting hit by a rubber bullet from a cop is going to be like a f- just the same as like them crawling over mouse traps or having like an alligator bite their nipple. Like, <laughs> oh, that was, it was like a sack of those little balls. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And when he gets shot, everyone in the room just gets really quiet, and they're like, "That's fucked up." And they show yeah. it after, and it's like, "What?" It was a yeah, bruise, the, like yeah. the, the size awesome. of the body. That that was one of my favorite parts. Is you can tell when some of these guys know like. This is a bad idea. Yeah. What am I doing? They get nervous. Yeah, when they get nervous, they're getting nervous. This ain't funny. Like, why did I agree to do this? Oh, that just reminded me of the car part. 
Yeah. Oh, but, God, that's brutal. Yeah. But, but it's but, funny because Steve was like, yeah, my dad would be embarrassed mm-hmm. by me, so I'm not going to do it. Like, of all the reasons to do something, it's because. Oh, I, I thought you were talking about the shopping through. cart getting crashed. That part like no, dropped the, my heart out. <laughs> no, the part with the little the, the little card is butt. That's yeah, funny to me. It was very oh, funny. Yeah. That was and the, doc- the, best. the doctor made saying, it. On I love one. that the physician was like, "Don't tell anyone about <laughs> this." <laughs> that guy knows <laughs> that's one <laughs> yeah. one too many people. No, but I agree. It was like that. The right gear moment was treated differently than all of the other yeah. stunts mm-hmm. with some like gravity. And I think like the the YouTube prank like machine that you're talking about there like right. never has that kind of moment of self reflection like there's nothing no, nothing breaks through that mm, no well that's why I'm interested in the new one because they bring on a lot of these YouTube stars yeah so it's like the new era yeah of what they created so I yeah I'm kind of interested to see what they do with that mm, but yeah so the thing that I loved I I wasn't sure how I would feel about it watching it again. First of all, Johnny Knoxville is just like so lovable in my he's just fantastic. I really mm-hmm. like Steve-O too, but it's just so fun to watch these guys like totally willingly brutalize themselves and like having these grown men rolling on the floor laughing like they're 12 years old and everybody is like into it. It was just like, it's like reminds me of that Dylan Thomas poem about like raging against the dying of the light. <laughs> These people are like, fuck everything. I'm just gonna like, like, you're gonna electrocute your balls. I'm gonna <laughs> like roll through mouse traps, And this is like... Alligators are gonna eat yeah. raw chicken out of my thong. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's all, like it's timeless humor too. Like yeah. no matter how old you get, like that's always gonna be funny. Yeah. But like it, I don't know. Personally, it did bring me back to like being like a Catholic all boys high school and finding this group of friends who, you know, we would get drunk and we would do shit like this. We would, like people would whip their dick out or like, like whatever. Do <laughs> I could tell a lot of stories. I'm not going to tell them right. all, but like that sort of male bonding, mm-hmm. like that's what really resonated with me. Like mm-hmm. these guys are like deep friends and they're doing like this stupid shit. But like that stupid shit is what bonds us at a certain age. Oh, totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially like men of a certain demographic. And I don't know, like that did resonate with me on a on a deeper level. And the fact that they've been able to maintain these friendships for so long. You're right. Like it's like the friends that you do stuff like this with are like almost like your lifers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like my like friend in high can... school that like I'd be like, hey, come to look at this like massive shit that I took. Like <laughs> she's the only one that still talks to me today. You know? Dude, that's it. <laughs> Brittany, that's it. The friends that like you know? I could like whip my dick around or like show you my diarrhea right. or like or whatever. Like, hey, sh- like shave this weird hair that's growing on my back right. or whatever. Like I need you pop the pimples for me. For me. Like there those are the ones that are the right. cool ones. Yeah, that's thought- like your deep right. friends that you have yeah. for life. Yeah. I am a I mean? gross body filled with a brain and we're like just riding the earth together. Because I feel like you get to a certain age where like you know that's not socially acceptable. Right. But there's a certain time frame to like middle school and college where like you can totally that like that's how you show your friendship to people. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's a way of show yeah, it's like a way of like being like, hey, we'll do this stupid thing together. I'll put chicken in your thong and alligators will eat it Yeah. And And you're my bro for life. Yeah. So yeah, that resonated with me. Yeah, I lo- like I've seen this is must be at least my tenth time watching this, and like 
it's still super funny. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like, it still gets it. Even though, like, it's literally the same prank over and over again. Like, anytime I see, like, you know, Preston's ass or, like, you know, uh, the goot shock. I mean, yeah. I'm vomiting. I'm, like, laughing so hard. <laughs> and then when Steve-O vomits, I, like, that. I think that's, like, also the funniest thing. I will God. say it lost a little bit of its luster watching it by myself this time. Aww. Like, oh, it feels yeah. like something you should watch with other people because yeah. even though you're not, like shitting on the floor like it is the same kind of like bonding experience to have that extreme stimulus in a room with other people yeah totally. and like the laughter kind of feeds into right. it so like it's like a removed way to enjoy that kind of like extreme behavior and watching it alone on my couch was just like man that's fucked up like, you know, i didn't have that same kind of like belly laugh experience which i think is why like the third one in the theater is one of my favorite movie going experiences i don't have a preference between the three mm-hmm. jackass movies or even remember what happens in specific ones but i it's remember pr- all their watching that in public yeah. yeah yeah it's the same as watching pink flamingos with the crowd it's always like 10 times funnier than it is by yeah. us yeah and i think that's why i like this movie a lot like it's just like watching the show but like you're watching 10 episodes together this is probably the best movie out of this batch like oh, without sure. question i think uh yeah I think the real Cancun is fascinating. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of put it on the same level as this, oh, uh, but I think for they're, completely different reasons. Yeah. I mean, I think they're both like, I don't want to say important. Jackass is an important cultural artifact that we're still like dealing with. Yeah. Kind of like the <laughs> ramifications of that. Uh, but real Cancun to some degree is the same. Mm. So. I was just thinking like. Like, I think the new Jackass movie also recontextualizes all the other ones. It's like, we're still alive. We're still doing the same stupid shit. Like, there's something really touching about that. And I was just imagining, like, a version of that with the real Cancun. Like, if these people... Getting the band (laughs) back together. Yeah, exactly. Something like that with the real world. Like, where they're getting the old cast members and putting them... I know they do the road back into yeah, the they do the reunion yeah. stuff. Reunion stuff, yeah. Yeah, like I, f- I do feel like the real Cancun has as much potential to like plumb the depths of humanity as Jackass does. In that, like, I would honestly totally watch that if they were like stuck in this fucking hotel room or hotel suite in Cancun every like. 15 years or something. Yeah, they're like, what, 40 yeah, at this point? Yeah, they're in their 40s. Like, like, what would that even look like? Good Lord. <laughs> well, I think you can skip Ringmaster and Ju- from Justin to Kelly unless there's something very specific about either of those plots like that stuck out to you. Ringmaster, if you want to tap into the trash of the trash and the trash, 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 yes. Like it's it, up there. It's up there. But yeah, it's, it's just like a good capture. All of these are good ways to like capture time those capsule. like certain yeah places i will say time. watching all of these and watching that woodstock documentary i oh, feel yeah. like i have a better understanding another, of that like, period yeah the of early 2000s culture. Yeah. late late 90s man what a fucking weird yeah. nightmare time. yeah, yeah. A nightmare it, for it, sure. total nightmare and like i didn't know about any of that stuff and like being like a little new metal head I was like, God, that must have been so cool. And then, like, when I watched that documentary, I was like, it was not That's at the all. part of my life I'm most embarrassed by. It was, like, coming up around that time and, like, just all the things I thought about life and people and, like, mm-hmm. uh, just seeing that same attitude reflected back at me at these, like, you know, time capsules of that era. I'm God. like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. People like, just ran with it. Life has gotten worse in a lot of, like, big picture ways, but I think... 
<laughs> I think I, my little world has gotten better. Yeah. At least. Yeah. These are like nightmare movies when considered <laughs> as a group, to be honest, yeah. as fun as Jackass is. Yeah. Brandon, I feel like you were every time we met up after you decided on this and before we did it, you were like apologizing. <laughs> well, they're not great. No, they're I, not. I knew it was going to be like a, a, a gauntlet of like yeah. trash. Yeah. But I do. I mean, honestly, I feel like it is a very interesting array of movies. Yes. Well, and like, just given my age, like I have not felt nostalgia. Like just seeing Justin from Justin to Kelly, like wearing the cargo shorts and like mm-hmm. just so many things in these movies just brought me back to being in high school. And I was like, damn, like I really just felt nostalgia on like a deep level. Yeah. What's the negative version of nostalgia? Like dread for the past. That's what I was <laughs> feeling. Exactly. Well, I, th- I think, I think of nostalgia is it's kind of like this fire sort of where like it, if makes you feel kind of warm when you get up to it. But if you like, stay in it too long you just get burned oh yeah and that's how this felt like staying in this world of like late 90s early 2000s at mm-hmm. first it was like oh yeah cool like the cargo shorts and the conch shell necklaces and the like yeah new metal and as i kind of kept watching these moves like, like oh man this charm. was a dark time <laughs> yeah. i grew up in a very dark time culturally <laughs> well I have been apologizing for the trash level here. Uh, next week on the show, we are returning to the Czech New Wave to discuss Emilos Foreman movie, uh, Loves of a Blonde. So we're heightening the class level yeah. here. Trying to reel people back up. in who are horrified yeah. by the real Cancun. Uh, so look forward to that conversation. Maybe something a little more snootier. Something on the Criterion mm. channel to like clear the palate. Uh, and in the meantime, check out our reviews and everything else we do at swampflix.com. We talk about movies a lot. <laughs> Almost exclusively. Sometimes TV, as this episode <laughs> yes. has uh, shown. Yeah. TV was like probably our main love, right? Yeah. The movies makes us feel fancy. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.